0: I'm Winston Moss, XFL Wildcast. This is an XFL show.
1: football fans. This is week four of the 2020 XFL season. This is for the love of football, and this is the XFL Show. I'm Alan. And I'm Bryant. The Lone Star State takes center stage as the main event of another magnificent weekend of XFL football. This is episode 117. Here we are, Bryant. week four, and it is Texas throwdown time. That's what we're calling it. Texas Throwdown, not TexFL Showdown like you proposed. Sorry, buddy. I mean,
2: everybody loves a good throwdown, so it's okay. I'm fine. And we get into it in a little bit right here. Uh, who are we talking to today, Al?
1: Wait, we're talking to Oliver Luck, the commissioner of the He convinced the XFL. me that it's
2: okay to go to throwdown instead of a showdown. It's fine.
1: Throwdowns. Yes, we're going to throw down with Commissioner Oliver Luck on today's show. We're also going to throw down with two two participants in the Texas Throwdown. We're going to talk to Flynn Nagel, the wide receiver from the Dallas Renegades, and we're going to talk to James Butler, the running back of the Houston Roughnecks. Two players on two exciting offenses, Bryant. They're coming up on this episode along with our Week 4 picks. And, oh, if you're watching on YouTube, you're seeing our faces. Uh, for the first time during the podcast recording, Brian, video is yeah. awkward, isn't it? <laughs> uh, I'm just worried
2: because now I'm going to get recognized even more so when I go to an LA Wildcats game than I did before. It's going to be
1: a little scary. Yeah, you you are going to be even more <laughs> of a celebrity. I stress the C as in C-list. C list C celebrity when you go to Wildcats games. I'll giving be giving me some credit with that C list, by the way. Thank yeah, you, I appreciate right. that. Well, it's official XFL podcast. I mean, come on. Uh, I'll be I'll be going to the Guardians Wildcats in New York this weekend. I'm looking forward to watching that game, and I'm looking forward to picking these games, Bryant. I thought long and hard again last week. You said you went four and zero, oh, and I went what two and two or something. I got some catching up to do this. Oh, week. three
2: and one. No, and I'll give you three and one. Okay, three and so one. I'm not that far oh, behind. We missed that uh, DCLA game. Uh, what a game! Uh, to miss That was a lot of fun. I wish I was there, but you know we were cacalling all weekend. We
1: were. I'm cacossum, as you can see. I'm feeling cacossum today because it is week four, <laughs> and we have all of our luck coming up. big interviews on this show, along with all the stuff you're you need to get you prepared for week four. That's what we do here. and we will tell you that this sh- this show this week, it is go it's going to be, I think not just good and crisp, Brian, but I think this show is gonna be uh, a, it's gonna be a Donnie Brook. It's gonna be. It's going to be rough. It's going to be tough. It's going to be where we separate the, the good from the bad. Week four feels like an important week in the season, doesn't it? It does. I mean, you
2: know, the first three weeks of the season, you look at the Tampa Bay Vipers who are 0-3, still only two games out. Week four, you can pretty much say goodbye to your season if this kind of trend continues. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun uh, to see what happens at the end of this week because it is make or break for some of these teams, uh, and the tough ones are going to show in the, you know, And the bottom is going to be pretty much exposed at this point. If you're if you continuously be that that trend, I'm talking about you, Guardians, uh,
1: week four is where it's at. Really, really big game for the Guardians at home. Tampa Bay has a huge game at home. And then, of course, you've got, uh, I mean, Houston with a huge opportunity to go ahead. In the West, lots to get into on this episode. We are going to have some fun, and remember, you could call into the XFL fan line, which we're going to go listen to some of our voicemails from the week. Brian, I always love doing that. People call in 724 565 4XFL, and uh, we love playing the fan line calls on these Thursday night shows. So, we'll get to those in just a moment. But I do want to let everybody know and remind everybody that you could have a whole lot of fun this weekend with the Play XFL app which is your chance to win big cash prizes, free-to-play. You just pick exact scores of the week's selected games, and you could win that week's jackpot prize, which could be $25,000, dollars up to $1 million Play on the PlayXFL app. It is awesome, fun, and easy, totally free-to-play. That's right, totally free-to-play with the PlayXFL app, and there's guaranteed cash prizes every single week play xfl pick scores with win money download the play xfl app for free today and i'm going to be picking exact scores later on brian have you been doing i don't pay attention to anybody else's picks but i pick exact scores every week because i am brave enough i'm Kakosu. i am i am committal to uh,
2: i'm committal to scores uh jake is not and vince just you know he he's a he's a He's an over/under kind of guy. He's a point spread kind of guy. So. Vince is
1: Vince is following fa- t- what the desert tells him to do, and he's going to uh, give us his thoughts on what the the desert says a little bit later when we make our picks as well. Because yes, that that gambling aspect, people. I don't know about you, but a lot of people I talk to who are getting into the XFL love the fact that it is so better friendly and that each and More every single this way. week. By the way, yeah. You know, That's we we didn't get wild. to see
2: a lot of the games live because. Uh, we were in St. Louis and, and a lot of the games were kind of we we're wide a, a bar, so we didn't really put the, the announcers, the commentators really getting into the to the betting aspect this yeah. past week. I'm sure we're gonna see more of it uh even this week. But to, uh, to hear,
1: I, I think they did last week. We just couldn't hear it over the kakas.
2: No, I'm saying they did a lot last week, and I think it's just gonna be even more this week because to hear like Kurt Menifee say, Oh, you know, if you have the over right now, you're sitting on pins and needles, like, you know, things like that is actually
1: pretty cool. It is, it is, and then it's it's gonna be uh really interesting to see how these lines in particular this week play out because I think they're they're really interesting. This Tampa Bay line, I don't get me started. We're gonna talk about it. It is pretty, I I would say wild, but I guess DC did get beat up pretty bad last week, so we'll have to talk about that. But first, let's dink and dunk around the league, shall we? Talk about some of the transactions throughout the XFL. First up, the LA Wildcats waved quarterback, Marcus McDade, who uh, was brought up for a few weeks. They activated running back, Winston Dimmel, uh, New York, their opponents this week, huge boost. I think of the offensive line, they've had injuries. Garrett Brumfield has been banged up, but they get Derek Dennis, the guard, the guard who was once the highest paid uh, offensive lineman in the CFL. Bryant. Um, they also activated friend of the show, Tanner Gentry. So, Maybe an offensive, I mean, two offensive players, if they play, they could be a, a really valuable to a team that has been struggling offensively more so than almost any team in the XFL so far.
2: Well, the Guardians can use the help where it can come from. You've mentioned Derek Dennis, right? That's the CFL guy, highest paid. You've mentioned him many times on this show before. Great CFL lineman.
1: Yeah. He was great. Any help
2: that the Guardians can get. You know, but we'll talk about a little bit of how I feel about the Guardians going into this week four matchup with L.A., but uh, any positives I think are good positives right now for uh, for the Guardians
1: are well welcomed uh, by that team right now. Absolutely. They need all the help they can get offensively uh, for the Dallas Renegades, uh, who will be in that huge, huge Texas throwdown on Sunday afternoon, 4 p.m. on FS1. They get wide receiver Armani Edwards, who. A lot of college football fans remember as the quarterback for Appalachian State during one of the greatest upsets in college football history when they beat Michigan. He's been up at the C- in the CFL for a while. He decided to leave Canada as well, and he's coming to the XFL. He'll be a wide receiver, utility player. I'm sure Dallas could get creative with him with the Hal Mummy offense. I mean, Armani Edwards could be explosive in this league, I think. And, and then they also waived wide receiver Gerard Hurd. Uh, so those are the corresponding moves there for the Renegades as they get ready for this tussle with the Roughnecks. When we talk about the injuries going into this game, I feel like Dallas might be the more banged-up team, especially defensively. We will be discussing that. And then for St. Louis, they're getting ready to host the Dragons. They waved Steve Boharness, who you may remember, Bryant as the player who made the infamous blunder in Week 1, ruining a great Marquette King punt and was interviewed by Pat McAfee on the side. He thought he, touched it. Side. Thought he <laughs> touched it. Um, he, he unfortunately got waived by the Battle Hawks this week. But uh, last one we have to talk about here. Uh, we'll we'll set it up here. Mark Trestman spoke about this this transaction, this move, this team. Uh, this team, the Vipers really need to get a victory this week, and they had a significant move made uh, this week by one of their players who's taken some time off. There's a little bit of a buzz on Q. Uh, Q is left for personal reasons, and
3: um, I look forward to him coming back as soon as possible. Um, we, we wish uh, you know him well in terms of what he's got to get accomplished, but as I told the team today, we want him back as soon as we can get him back, but we're going to leave that up to him. Taylor got the the uh, reps with the uh, with the first unit today, and I expect
1: that he will start uh, this week. There you have it. Quinton Flowers taking a leave from the Tampa Bay Vipers, and the Taylor Cornelius is going to start with Aaron Murray practicing this week, Bryant, but he's going to be the backup. They also added Shontavious Jones back to the roster, the wide receiver. Tall drink of water, but vipers is their quarterback issue fixed now that quentin flowers kind of took himself out of the equation by default yeah.
2: <laughs> is it fixed by default i don't i don't know i mean quentin flowers did score this team's first ever offensive touchdown in their history uh but you know cornelius took over this team really after that touchdown he he finished the drive with a two-minute drive got them tied up with houston in that game uh you know showed some some signs of of consistency in the second half so maybe it's the right move and just by default this is what's going to happen and maybe you know from our previous Jonathan Coachman's might be might be finally okay with Trestman going with this single quarterback no (laughs) choice unless he brings in Aaron Murray
1: every other drive I don't know the coach does not like the the quarterback situation for the Vipers he's told us that so it might get fixed this week Uh, he was advocating for Flowers to start actually on the show earlier this week when we talked to him Um, but It's going to be Taylor Cornelius this week and Aaron Murray as the backup. We'll be suited up, so we'll see if Tampa Bay can finally get that W. We will be picking that game in just a little bit. That does it for the moves made around the league before week four, Bryant. I'm sure some more might be made by the time we kick off on Saturday. Of course, the show coming out late Thursday nights. So be on the lookout on XFL.com for anything else, any movement in the XFL but let's talk about the star of the week. Cam Phillips, back-to-back stars of the week and award, time. two time, and an award that has only ever been won by a Houston Roughneck. <laughs> I mean. six it, touchdowns in 2 weeks. Know. The week before PJ Walker was killing it in week 1. This this might end up be called the Roughneck award. I don't know if one will anyone else will ever win it.
2: It's 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 going to be hard. I mean, can you even plan for these guys? Cam Phillips deserved it. Uh, there really was no competition. I I forget who he actually went against in that final vote. I believe it was was it wasn't Josh Johnson. It was um I don't see I don't was it Trey McBride was, it was already. It, it might have been Trey McBride. It had to be an LA Wildcat. It doesn't matter because Cam Phillips. Yeah. <laughs> he, he was going to win it. Good quote uh, okay. here. So, look, this good could-
1: twice. This is a good quote from him, though. I like this. He said, going through training camp, he thought he might be able to do something like this later in the season. And he's doing it in week two and week three. He said, I didn't expect it to happen so quickly. I thought something like this might happen after gaining the trust of my teammates. Just, I think that speaks to the fact about how Houston has come together so quickly and way quicker than any other team. That's why they're undefeated. They're, they're top of the XFL right now. Their offense looks like a unit that's played together for more than one year.
2: They are looking great, and, and it's it's hard to see anybody knocking them off. We'll, we'll see what our choices are when we get to this uh, Texas Throwdown here in a little bit. But right now, Cam Phillips, you know, PJ Walker, that combo looks unstoppable. They really have been. Uh, P.J. Walker is leading the league in touchdowns, and that's in the team category, not just in his own (laughs) quarterback category. So uh, that team looks great, but you know what? We said the same thing about D.C. in Week 2, and look what happened to them in Week 3. You just never know what's going to happen. When you face a good team on the road, You know things change. So we'll see what happens after Week 4. But, yeah, for right now, I think it's no doubt that Cam Phillips, 1A, 1B with P.J. Walker, and you can flip-flop those at any moment during the day.
1: And and th- that's very true that you say that, Bryant. Because uh, you know Houston, Houston, it's early, so we can't crown them yet. They they came out of the gate storming, and I think this is a week where we we're probably going to. I don't know if I, don't, I I'm not going to tell you if I'm picking Dallas yet to beat them, but I do think that teams are starting to get close that gap. We saw L.A. I think take a huge step last week for sure, and. D- DC was brought back to reality, you're right, Houston, That could that reality check be coming for the Houston Roughnecks? We're going to talk about trying to stay on top with James Butler, the running back of the Houston Roughnecks, a little bit later on in the show, and of course we will talk to his opponent this weekend, another offensive player, Flynn Nagel, the wide receiver and the punt return man, he's going to join us to talk about that Dallas Renegades team and what it's like playing for Hal Mummy yelling in his ear to go fast and keep doing it again and go fast and do it again. And we're also going to talk <laughs> in a moment to Oliver Luck, the commissioner of the XFL. We're moving along here on this episode, getting you ready for week number four. Play fast, do it again. And we're going to go now to your comments, though, because we have that XFL fan line, Bryant People call it all week long, and we pick our favorite voicemails from it. That's 724-565-4XFL. And first one up, we're going to talk to... I told you before the show, I'm going to keep playing Brent's calls until they're not good. And he sent us another good one coming off of last weekend. Traveled to Tampa to watch his Houston Roughnecks, Brian. This is a good call here.
0: Hey, how you doing, guys? This is Brent, but not in Houston. I'm in Tampa. So me and my buddies, we just decided to jump on a plane, come down into the game. We're actually at the airport. You know, right now it's about Six o'clock Eastern time. We're to get ready to head back to Houston. We just flew in this morning, caught the game, We jumping on the plane. We're heading back home. Great experience in Tampa. I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan myself, so I've been there a bunch of times. Uh, just great experience. We had a lot of fun. Uh, that Tampa crowd was amazing. I don't know how many people they had there, but it was packed. They was loud. They was a great game. The Vipers' offense really started putting it on. But my boy P.J. Walker and Cam Phillips came to play as always. Me and my buddies joined in short, uh short. We had us a great time at the game. We're on our way back to Texas. And we'll be in Dallas next week. We're going to make the drive. It's about a three-and-a-half-hour drive next Sunday. So we're going to go up there for the game and, and root on our Roughnecks. So enjoy listening to you guys. I all keep doing a great job. Y'all have a great day.
1: I love a good Brent call, and I got to believe there's going to be many more like Brent going this weekend over to Arlington from Houston, Bryant. This this is, this, oh, These Roughnecks yeah, fans is... are ready to travel, I think. <laughs> they are,
2: and I, I don't blame them. It's going to be a great game. To to go from Houston to Tampa, I don't know. I've never had that flight. It doesn't seem like a very common flight. Maybe it is. I don't know, uh, but that's a commitment right there to go see your team play. Love uh, it. Your team that is only three weeks old, by the way, mind you. Uh, going all the, way. I wonder if the kids. He, he was the kids guy, right? Had to leave his kids at home because they're in trouble with his mom, right? Yeah. So they was, got in trouble the week before. The kids got in trouble again. Didn't get to go to Tampa, uh, but hopefully they get to go. Maybe they're maybe they're in the car all the way to Dallas. Hopefully it's going to be a that, good game. I hope the kids get to go too.
1: That's awesome. Now now let's take this one over to uh, Jim, who called us talking about uh, the Wildcats putting it on the, the DC Defenders last week. I mean, as a Wildcats fan Bryant, the hope for this team now, all of a sudden, back. The, the the doom and gloom is completely gone after the butt whooping they gave the D.C. defenders. But we've seen in the XFL, traveling could be an issue for some teams. See how the L.A. Wildcats take that game over to New York this week. But Jim riding high from that game. Let's hear his call. Hey, guys.
3: My name is Hiro. You call me Jim. and I'm from L.A., California. I'm actually a student at UCLA and a huge football fan i got to be honest, when I first heard about the XFL, I was one of those cynical skeptics, especially in the AAF and how that turned out. But I have to say, I've been watching since week one, and I'm glad to say I'm glad I was wrong. As a football fan, it's great to have more football after the NFL season. And I have to say, I've been completely sold on the XFL. I've been a regular of this show since week one. And just for example, I like how each team has their own song. And when they drop those songs on music, I was pretty excited to have them to my workout playlist, you know. And, uh, hell, ask my roommates, they probably heard me cheering at my TV watching the Wildcats first win last week, to which I have to say, one of the most exciting football games I've seen in a while. I'm proud that those Wildcats have currently have the highest score game in league history and the highest point lead deficit in league history. And maybe you guys can help me with this, but I'm trying to get the chance to hear us roar going in the mouths of Wildcat fans, so spread the word. <laughs> but I'm looking forward to attending my first game against the Vipers. I'm going with some of my coworkers and I represent of my fraternity brothers, and I'm glad I was able to get the Wildcats that many more fans just by you know spreading the word. Anyways, looking forward to the rest of the season and the rest of the show. Couldn't be more excited. Have a great day.
1: Six to the board. Six to the board. <laughs> Six to the board to you, Jim. And what do you think of that "Hear Us Roar" chant? He he proposed Bryant, i can't even say Furious it on the podcast roar? i can't roar is such a hard word to say roar 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 it's it's tough uh, i i don't know jim i you could try try it out hard. at the at, a, at the next home game but i don't know if i could I, I i'd mess that thing up all the time roar and i talk all the time on on this show we podcast <laughs> i can't even talk i can't say the word roar roar Roar, roar, roar!
2: I, I, I feel like you'd want to just roar. Why, why, why say let's, let's? What
1: does he say? Why not just chant roar? six to the board, six to board. the board"? That's yeah. the chant, baby. Go for three. six to the board, six to the board. six to the board. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Figure out a way Uh, to chant Winston. Oh, no, that would be like taunting Coach Moss. We don't want to do that. (laughs) Coach Moss, we don't want to taunt you. Just Winston, Winston, baby. Yeah, don't taunt him. Uh,
2: I think the cool part of that call, though, was really just how he was skeptical about the whole thing. If you give this an opportunity, uh, the XFL uh, is is making fans every single week, and anything could happen, really.
1: Uh, Yeah, in the XFL. Honestly, though, who could watch a, a weekend of XFL football as a someone who, like Jim said, I'm a football fan. I love watching football. If you watch these games, you're going to be entertained. And you're going to be. It's like if all, I would say virtually impossible, the, at least the first three weeks, to not find something that would just made made you smile, had your picked your interest, <laughs> hyped you up. I don't. Whatever. I mean, there was something different in every single game. Last week, I mean. Even as he said, that was one of the best games I've seen in a long time. I mean, he's a Wildcats fan, but it wasn't a close game or anything, but it was extremely entertaining because as the L.A. Wildcats were beaten on the D.C. Defenders, we got to watch their team enjoy it thoroughly on the sideline. Party
2: central, yeah.
1: We don't see that. I mean, when Alabama is just destroying some terrible non-SEC team or an SEC team in college football, we don't get to see them enjoying it They probably don't anyway because Nick Saban's their coach, but I'm just saying we don't get to see the joy and what's going on on the sidelines like that. So that game even had someone like Jim say that was one of the most fun games I've watched and was a blowout.
2: Well, think about it on the flip side, right? What if you're a 25th ranked team and you're going up against the first ranked team? You're not supposed to win. And then you end up killing the team. That's kind of like them. what that that's was Hardy. Right, yeah. That's what that's what happened. And yeah. so that was a lot of fun to watch it. And Moss was a part of it. You know, watching his uh watching his reaction to the Gatorade bath just sitting there stoic. Okay. You see him grill his defense for letting in a touchdown with like 5 minutes left in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> the man's having a fun time though. He's 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 calling plays now. I think he's in his his realm. Uh, He's having a lot of fun, and that's good. And all those players are having a lot of fun, at least for one week. Who knows if it will go into week four, but at least for one week they had a good time.
0: I will be coaching like a crazy man.
1: Well, L.A. at New York, it's going to be a fun game, and uh, I can't wait to be there. Bryant, what about social media? We went to the XFL fan line. Before we get to Oliver Luck, you got anything from Twitter? At XFL show? Yeah,
2: at XFL show, there's some fan reaction. I will say this, just as a generic Make sure you're following all the teams at XFL and then insert team name. Uh, the Renegades actually had a really good week of some some tweets there going straight at the rough deck. So that was Climb, a, climbing a up
1: Batman and Robin up. <laughs> reaching milestones on um, Twitter. Very nice. Dallas Renegades. I love it. Twitter. <laughs> no, it's, it, it is
2: really good out there. Alan, a lot of people asking real quick about what possibly can uh, be done about opening those upper decks. On, um, uh, in uh, Seattle, oh, sorry, in St. Louis, and I think Kurt Hunziger addressed it nicely. He said basically, if sales continue to rise for these two games, future games probably uh, will be opened up. Kurt Hunziger, very informative, too, by the way, if you're following him on Twitter, giving a lot of Super insight to what's going on to the fans.
1: Direct, <laughs> straightforward president of the Battle yeah. I mean, that guy talks right directly to the fans. He's a um, a man of the people working hard. And I mean, imagine if they open it up in the upper decks at that battle dome. My ears are still ringing.
2: It was (laughs) 30,000. Yeah. There was 30,000 people doing that. Um, He even uh, addressed something. I think what he was saying, once we figure out the logistics of it all, and then he put in parentheses prices, of the upper deck seats. uh, We'll let you guys know. And then that just goes into uh, transparency uh, happening on social media by uh, the president of the, of the battle Hawks, Kurt Hunziger there.
1: Awesome. Yeah. Well, yeah, that by the end of the year, I mean, imagine though, I I I, I hope who does LA goes week seven, right? Mm. Yes. I mean, rooting for a boss like we do. Going into the battle dome, <laughs> not
2: a good, not a this good thing. Personal. Remember that that yeah. happened on Twitter too. The Battle Hawks tweeted that way long ago.
1: This one's personal, <laughs> and then Moth it. said it's never personal. It's just business. And They circled uh, the date, and they get what St. Louis has has it. uh May. They got the, what of the last four weeks of the season. They're home three three weeks of those last four weeks. Mm-hmm.
2: So that that could be. They're gonna be
1: home. Seven, nine, DC and ten. And home
2: against the Vipers, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. So that's going to be a great way to finish the season to get those two home games. Uh, the price to pay, I guess, uh, to get those two road games to start the season.
1: Yeah, for Man, sure. Man, place is going to be electric. Yeah, that, see, that's also something we we kind of touched upon, but starting the season, uh, you know, one and one with the two road games really helps you out. I feel like home field for all these teams, even Tampa in a loss... Played their best game at home last week against Houston, and we'll see what they do this week at home. But home field has been pretty good for most teams in the XFL so far. We shall see what week four has in store, and uh, we'll get into our picks in just a bit. But it's about time we make way for the commissioner, Brian, if you're ready to go to that conversation we had. I
2: am the uh, I have to retweet this up. There's a gif out there of somebody cacawing. It's actually pretty good. I'm going to retweet that right now. Good crisp football.
1: Good crisp cackas. That's what we love.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but yes, Alan, I'm ready. Let's listen to the commissioner who took some time out of his busy busy schedule cuz it's one of the busiest weeks uh down in Texas uh, uh, for this
1: for the XFL. So I'm glad he took some time to actually talk to us. Yes, sir. Here it is. It's time for a good, crisp football chat with the commissioner of the XFL on This is the XFL Show, it is Oliver Luck. Each week has had some special moments. We had the kickoff in D.C. Week 1, Seattle's big home opener in Week 2 with that big crowd. And then what about the atmosphere in St. Louis last week, Oliver? That was an amazing weekend for the city and for the Battle Hawks.
4: You know, it, it was an awesome, uh, experience to be there. We, you know, have been working with St. Louis as a city, a community probably for about a year or so, you know, they, 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 they were very upset about the Rams leaving and, you know, older folks, there were yeah. upset about the Cardinals leaving, of course, way back when, and the passion, you know, that was there was, was incredible you know it was a beautiful day 60 degrees guys were out in, in the parking lots tailgating in t-shirts you know the 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 noise level in the stadium was was awesome it it, it just it, it was a special day and and i like all of us at the league and at the team like we we really felt as though we had performed a good service to the people of St. Louis giving them an opportunity to come to a pro football game for $20 or whatever the tickets, uh, you know, whatever they paid for the tickets, but as cheap as 20 bucks to really enjoy uh, a, a great event. I mean, you could tell they, they missed it. They they desperately missed football and to have this opportunity was special. So that that was really a, a, a good moment.
2: Well, Commissioner, I mean, we were there, Alan and I, we got to experience what you're talking about, the, the fans, the tailgating, the atmosphere, uh, but most of all, all the cacahs that were coming from the fans, did you get as many as we did? Cause they were happening all weekend long.
4: Well, yeah, you know, and that's a, that's a hard thing to hear all weekend long. <laughs> right. But, uh, no, the, 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 you know, I, I had a chance to walk out uh, in the, in the tailgate, you know, for about a half an hour and just, you know, talk to people, shook a few hands, whatever. Uh, but you know, for, this is, this is a great story. There were three young guys, uh, who were you know, having a little tailgate by themselves and, and I walked over, shook hands, and I said, Where are y'all from? And they said, Well, we're students at Marquette in Milwaukee. And we we just decided this morning to drive down for this game. Wow. <laughs> that's like a five and a half, six hour drive, right? <laughs> you gotta, you know, traverse the whole state of Illinois north to south. Uh, you know, and, and I, I realized that, you know, this stuff really means a lot to a lot of people. Right? That, you know, three college kids would be willing to jump in the car at Lord knows, you know, 6 a.m. on a Sunday morning or Saturday Sunday morning, and, you know, make the drive down to St. Louis to watch that game. I I, I was, I was, flew up with a bunch of us from Tampa uh, Sunday morning. because we were at the Tampa, you know, Houston game, which was exciting as well. Uh, but there's a woman sitting right in front of me who lives in Tampa, but had been born in St. Louis. But she said, I'm flying up to St. Louis because I wouldn't miss a Battle Hawks opener. I said, you don't even know who the team is yet. <laughs> you know, or know who the coaches and players are. You know football means a lot to me and my family in St. Louis, and I'm flying back just to go to the game. Those, so, so you know, there, there, are, there are probably a thousand stories like that, and that, that's what makes uh, sports special. It really brings people together and gives communities the a thing they can rally around and, and support.
1: Oh, exactly, and it was definitely worth it. I mean, we made the trip too, Commissioner, and it was so much fun for us, and we got to know a lot of the fans, like you were talking about. We put a little podcast together as well. Featuring some of the fans that we talked to and their stories, and there are countless stories about these fans and how passionate they were about last weekend. But we got a big one this weekend, Brian, we need to start talking about.
2: Well, yeah, it's they're they're calling it the Texas throwdown. Now, Commissioner, I tried to get it to be the Texas showdown, but it's fine. Everybody loves a good throwdown. But it's the main event this weekend, Houston at Dallas. I mean, it's fair to say this is kind of your first natural rivalry that's going to be lived uh, this weekend. Yeah,
4: you know, having lived in Houston for a number of years, there's no love lost between Houston and Dallas, mm-hmm. and you know it's just a natural rivalry. It always has been, I think, always will be. Two great cities, two great football markets, and we're fortunate enough to have two great football teams in our league. You know, in those respective markets, and the great thing is, you know, unlike the Texans and the Cowboys, they only play once every four years, these two teams will play twice every year. And who knows? Yeah, you know, they may you know play a third time uh, in in the you know Western semifinal game, so that that's a, that's a big game. You've got Landry Jones, I think, rounding into form. You know, he he looked good, at least I should say, looked better this past week. You know, threw for three touchdowns. So he's getting, you know, into shape, I think, and really realizing what what he can do in Hal Mummy's air raid offense. And, of course, you know, P.J. Walker and the Houston Roughnecks offense is playing extraordinarily well. Uh, he's on fire. Uh, so that's going to be a fun game. Uh, what is it? I think it's 4 o'clock east, 3 o'clock central uh, on FS1. That, that probably is the highlight uh, for our, our uh, week four.
1: Oh, absolutely. I cannot wait for, for that game, the Texas throwdown. And you brought it up, Commissioner. Landry Jones is coming into form. He's just getting warmed up. I think he's being a little too hard on himself in those post-game interviews. He's been really honest about his play, but I think he's looking all right. How about you? Well, he
4: is looking all right. I mean, one of the reasons that that, that we sign guys like Landry or Josh Johnson, they've been in big games. They they know how they react. They're, they're true professionals. And Landry's a pretty modest guy and you know he says he didn't play all that well then you look at his stat line and he threw for three t- touchdowns and you know 297 <laughs> yards <laughs> so uh you know he's 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 uh sandbagging a, a little bit uh but you know he's 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 rounding into form that team i think offensively is starting to find themselves a little bit um it, it's gonna be a great atmosphere in, in arlington at globe life park that's it's going to be a, you know, a flat-out fun game, and that's what—that's I mean, why we do this, right? We we do this for big games. You know, <laughs> I said to my wife the other day, this might be the game of the century in the XFL.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm with it. I can't. You got your got. The, we just talked about Dallas, and they're really you know getting better and better each week. And then Houston, the only team to ever have a, a winner of the XFL Star of the Week, Commissioner is a rough. Is it going to be a roughneck every single week all season long with their offense? It might be. Well, yeah. If they keep playing the way they're playing, it's hard not to
4: give you know either either PJ or Cam or you know another player there, you know, the offensive award, but they're the you know, star of the week award. They're they're playing well, and, and you know, June Jones is just a flat-out good coach. He he, you know that 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 system that he has, and he's got a very good quarterbacks coach and Chris Miller, a guy who was a good quarterback himself in the day, and their offensive line is playing well. But you know that that system that that he has, the run and shoot, really. Is something that you know, guys like PJ can pick up very quickly, and and not just pick it up, but but execute it at a very high level.
2: Well, Commissioner, you mentioned you know players like Cam Phillips who have not just excelled on the field, but also on the sidelines. You know him. Uh, we had Martez Carter as well for the Wildcats Be- because these interviews and that portion of the game is becoming so. Important. I mean, I feel like we almost should start gravitating towards an interview of the week award or interview of the year.
4: Yeah, you know what I love about these guys, the the players, they all have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. They all feel like somewhere along the way, they weren't given the right opportunity or didn't have the right coach or you know maybe had an injury. And so there's a little bit of chip that that's on their shoulder. They're playing with passion, they're playing hard. You know they're playing obviously for their team, but also to a certain degree they're playing for themselves. You know, and to see you know Cam do what he's done so far. Uh, I mean, across the league, you've got you know multiple examples of this, and and they they all have a personality. And what we're trying to do is make sure that our league allows that personality to really come out, right? And you know all this access that we're providing, sideline interviews, and in the locker room, you know, at halftime or post game or even pregame you know, all the social media sort of access that we're providing. It's really all to be able to bring out, you know, the personalities that these guys have, because I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, fans will really want to get to know these guys. You know, they're, they're good people. They're hardworking, good people, football players. They want to play the game. And, and, you know, so I've, I've been very happy with the way our, our players and their personalities have begun to sort of come out as fans have gotten to know them. I'm still very early. You know, with brand new team, you know, it the first game ever we had last Sunday in St. Louis, 30,000 people showed up for a team they, you know, basically had never seen before. That That's pretty cool.
2: Well, we flew across the country for that same reason, Commissioner. What I was telling Alan, you know, over the weekend is when you go to a game, you almost have to rewatch the game on television because it's like two different experiences really it's so much fun to go to a game cuz it's different than what you've ever seen before and now what ESPN and and Fox and ABC are doing uh is just something extraordinary and i think that just speaks to the volumes of what the NFL is trying to do to make football so different but still the same
4: well you know i i i, I do think it is true that if you go to a game live you know and, and i love the experience of being you know around 30,000 people that are loud and raucous and having fun my wife calls it collective effervescence, you know, to be in a crowd like that. But you almost have to go back home and watch it to get all the the access points, the sideline interviews, the locker room interviews. Chuck Long was drawing up a play at halftime for the cameras, <laughs> you know, in the locker room. And that's that's unique. You don't really see that very often. So you know the the, the combination of sort of the the game day experience live in stadium, You know, particularly when you talk about the affordability of the tickets to sit lower bowl for 20 bucks or $25 or whatever it is. And then, you know, and then to be able to, you know, watch it again and see all that access that uh, the sideline reporters and, you know, tapping into the conversation between the coaches, that's all very good.
1: The buzz around the league is real. The rule changes have caught the eyes of many people. Commissioner, from fans to college and NFL personnel too, talking about the rule changes. What we've seen so far. What aspect of the rules do you think have gotten the best reaction?
4: Well, you know, that, that, so you, you think about the number of rule changes that we did. You know, there's a dozen or, or so that that uh, are significant. The Sample size with only three weekends of play, a total of 12 games, is relatively small. We've only had, I think, maybe two or three double forward passes. Mm -hmm. So it's probably too early to draw any conclusions. We haven't had an an overtime. What we have had uh, are really sort of three things that I'll emphasize. One, every play is being run in 25 seconds, right? So the 25-second play clock uh, you know, again, you know, contrast that to the 42nd play clock in the NFL. So that's been a big change, and and I think well received. I can't tell you how many people, both you know, in stadium as well as at home, have said, hey, they really like the up tempo, fast pace. Even players like it uh, because they they get into a rhythm and and are able to you know just keep playing, keep playing, and have nice long 12, 13 play drives. So I think that's been well received. Uh, we've had enough kickoffs now uh, with 12 games that I think we can begin to draw some conclusions. And I think we're very happy with where we are with the kickoffs. We've had over 90% of our kickoffs returned, and that's what fans said they wanted to see. And again, contrast that with about 31 or 32% in the NFL in other words, you know, almost seventy percent of kicks in the NFL go into the end zone for a touchback. So we're we're providing a lot of excitement. And of course, we had, as as most of your listeners would know, we had a you know the first return to the house on uh, Sunday in St. Louis, which was a great play. It was just and what I love about it is you know coaches are starting to scheme that with reverses and and cross blocks and stunts, you know, on on the front. So that's 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 cool to see. So. Uh, that's gotten probably the most attention because it's probably the biggest change we've made. In fact, uh, there were some high school coaches that have said they they wanted to try that with some of their high school all-star games, because they they liked it so much and thought it would be a good you know good adaptation for the high school game. Uh, and then the third thing you know where we've had enough you know plays now to be able to to look at it is the punt, and you know fans told us they wanted more punt returns. And what we did was we decided to, after, after a lot of research and doing a number of, sort of different tests, we decided that the best way to increase the number of punt returns is to hold the gunners. The gunners, for those that don't know, are the folks on the outside, like the wide receivers in a punt formation. Normally in the NFL, they leave right at the snap and they run down. And their job is to you know, make sure there's a fair catch or make sure they're, you know, that the, the punt return doesn't get started on a punt return. So in our game, though, in the XFL, we hold those punt returners until the ball is kicked. It's only about two seconds. But that two seconds makes a big difference. So over 60% of our punts have been returned. And uh, again, in the NFL, it's only about uh, 30, 31, 32%. So as our punt returners get a little bit more comfortable, we think that number can rise to maybe 70, 75. And that would be great as well because, again, fans have told us they missed the punt return. One of the most fun plays, most exciting plays in football, and they wanted to see more of that. So we're very happy with the results up to this point. Uh, you know, for the punts and for the kickoffs, and I think we have enough data points now in those two areas to begin to see some trends.
1: Yeah, and and I'm enjoying the punts too. I like seeing you know the the anticipation of the those gunners. They kind of running. Horizontally, before they can start going, Commissioner, we're seeing a lot of that. The strategizing for getting some momentum, uh, and you know, playing within the, the new rules. I think that's really fun. And then, like you talked about, playing at a good pace. A- and I, as a fan, I've watched these games, and some of them, I've been upset that they ended so quickly because <laughs> the games are going by so quickly. But that's the point, and we're getting a, a, some some good pace of play too, like you said. Well, yeah, the, the pace of play's been good. You know, we've had. Uh, a a
4: couple of delay of games that's inevitable um you you get that with a 50 second clock i think
3: sometimes uh
4: but the pace of play has been good the number of what we call meaningful plays has been solid you know uh we're not at the nfl play number but that that comparison is a little bit misleading because there's so many nfl plays you know we call them untimed downs like a kickoff into the end zone touchback that you know isn't really a play it doesn't please anybody to see the kicker kick the ball into the end zone. So uh, if you count sort of the meaningful plays in the NFL, we're right there. Uh, And our games have been getting done on average, I think with like two hours and 51 minutes or so. So uh, that's all worked pretty well. Uh, We started off the week one and week two with, I think some really good officiating in terms of the number of flags that were thrown. That number jumped a little bit in week three um particularly with uh with uh, the the LA game and so we want to we want to try to get that back down and i'm not you know saying that's the fault of the officials far from it you know we just had some sloppy play in, in terms of procedural penalties offsides delay of games etc uh you know during during the during one of the games of this past weekend so that number rose a little bit but all in all i think we've been happy with the metrics but again it it still is a little bit too early to too, to to be able to draw too many conclusions.
2: Well, you mentioned too early, and Commissioner, I think what is fair to say based on the creativity that we have seen with the double forward pass or even that accidental double forward pass by Landry Jones that went for like forty yards is coaches are barely scratching the surface, really, when it comes to the creativity that they can use for some of these plays, at least on the offensive side.
4: Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, coaches want to win football games, and there's lots of different ways to win football games. And, you know, it's not necessarily in the DNA of a lot of coaches to, you know, open up their offenses and, you know, be wide open. Uh, you know, a couple coaches have done that. Uh, Pep Hamilton has done that. Uh, Jonathan Hayes and St. Louis has done that a little bit. Uh, so I think we'll, we'll see more and more of that as, you know, teams begin to really find their identity. You know, I thought week three, if I had to sort of characterize it, I would say it's teams beginning to really find their true identity, you know. And uh, you know, all of a sudden, L.A., that had been playing some pretty sloppy offensive football, they'd kick it in gear. And Josh Johnson, as we expected from a veteran quarterback uh, like he is, you know, he was dropping dimes and playing very well. So I think everybody's beginning to settle in to find their identity. And I think once they get comfortable with each other, uh, I think you'll begin to see – you know, teams going for it on fourth down a little bit more and, you know, doing, you know, try, we had one, one fake punt, and I think was in week one, but I think <laughs> we'll start to see a few more of those as well. So, you know, it's all, that that's part of the game. that, that That's all part of the game. And it's, it's, it's developing, I think pretty nicely.
1: Oh, it's, and it's exciting yes, it to is. watch <laughs> develop for sure. I mean, I, I've, every week it's just something new, some, some new strategy, some new tweak. We saw St. Louis run, An amazing kick return last week, and who knows what we'll get here in week four, Commissioner, but it should be pretty exciting. We've got the Texas throwdown on Sunday, Seattle traveling to St. Louis, which should be a lot of fun, plus LA at New York, big game there for the Guardians and the Wildcats, and we'll finish it off with DC at Tampa Bay, who had a great crowd last weekend, and hopefully we'll have another one to round it all off in week four, Commissioner. So you enjoy it all, we will, and we look forward to talking to you later during the season. I appreciate being on the show, guys. Thanks very much. Thanks to Commissioner Oliver Luck for joining us on This is the XFL Show talking week four, Texas throwdown. He seemed like he might have been a little cacawed out, Bryant, but I, I understand that. I mean, I I came home cacawing and instantly got yelled at by my fiance. so I haven't cacawed since early Monday morning, and I could understand how that could wear on some people. But the Commissioner – I saw his face standing on that field. He was in awe last week. That's why we had to ask him about that. And then to talk about Ipina, he that's what I love about the commissioner of the XFL, about Oliver Luck. He's a football guy. He's a football player who understands the game. It is all about the game and understands, you know, that that it's a small sample size, but what he sees, he's excited as a fan. And it's just it's you could have a good crisp football talk with the commissioner of the XFL. It's awesome to always have him on the show. Well, yeah, he's just being
2: a, a football fan, right? He's not a fan of any of the teams. He's just a fan of what he's seeing on the field, seeing these coaches work. We talk about how much fun the Battle Hawks are to watch, not because they're an exciting, you know, spectacular offensive team, just because they play the football, play the sport of football well and, and what they do on the field. And I think that's what Oliver Luck's enjoying right now. And we got into about how just, just we're at the bare, you know, top tip of the iceberg, really, of what these coaches are going to be doing uh, going into the season. Uh, we got, you know, seven more weeks of this plus the playoffs. So we're going to see a lot of innovations. These coaches are going to get more comfortable themselves. We talk about the players developing these chemistries and and feeling more comfortable. We're going to see the, the, the coaches do the same thing. You're going to see a lot more creativity. I guarantee it.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's so cool that the commissioner, uh, you know, he's been doing all these interviews also this week. He's, he's glowing. You could tell this guy's having a great time, uh, given fans football they love and when he sees the reactions in Se- Seattle and St. Louis and in Tampa Bay last week, it- it's all it's all coming together and the, the commissioner is working hard and we really appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to join us here to talk about week four and the XFL so far in this still young season, although next week we reached the halfway point, which is surreal. Crazy. Closer than April ever to the championship game. game. Oh yeah. my goodness. April twenty sixth, baby. Can't get here soon enough. Let's get into some uh I have some fun stuff for us lined up here, Brian. I kind of came up. I came up with these two quick This is actually bits. Yeah, I saw it. It's pretty good. I like these it. are gonna be fun to, better. fun. These are gonna be fun to dip our toes into the week four waters, get a little rhythm going, kind of like the Dallas Renegades. Not storming out of the gates, but we're gonna finish strong with our picks. But right now let's have some fun in this week's cover two. I'm
0: wondering what the hell you're doing in this league.
1: All right. We need to talk about <laughs> we we need to talk about the Seattle Dragons first, okay? You gotta be kidding me. Jim Zorn's squad, his defense in particular. Because have you seen we haven't talked about this yet on the show. Have you seen what the Seattle Dragons defenders do after they get a turnover, a pick, fumble recovery. Yes, I have.
2: Yes, 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 yes. I. Have. They put
1: they put on ski masks. <laughs> they. Put... <sighs> this is something that needs to be talked about on. I think they mentioned it on the broadcasts a little bit on Fox, but we need to discuss this now, Bryant. You and I. What do you think of the ski masks? Are, I I think I know where they're coming from. They're taking the ball away. They're stealing the, the ball possession. Or is this promoting larceny? Is this promoting taking other people's property? Should we put a kibosh on this? Is this the wrong message? No, no, no. Wholesome Jim Zorn's team. I can't believe this is coming from a Jim Zorn team promoting larceny. Oh, my gosh what do you think
2: (laughs) uh what do i think of it and what do i i don't know no i don't think they're promoting larceny i like the idea that it's just they're they're taking things away so they put the ski mask on here's why i don't like it though i want to see the player i wanted to see the interview with the player that just took a ball away from the other team i want to be able to see his face you know (laughs) you take the helmet on to put on ski mask now i don't know who it is i I really want to see who that player is but but you know what if that's the motivation they needed to to get a turnover then by all means uh go right ahead because right now the the xfl is promoting these characters building these sidelines to be this almost like a like a a second show i guess second and third shows on both sidelines uh so if if that's what it takes and so be it but it's a lot of fun i just wish i could see their faces like ours
1: what if what if we compromise and they just put like a little th- mask over just the eyes, like the Repo Man, and then they're, they're running around, <laughs> run around Looking with the like ball raccoons a little bit, just yeah. like- <laughs> with the ball, with the ball. They just turned over. <laughs> Seattle's having fun, and the crazy thing about the Dragons is they're getting they they're like averaging, I think, a pick a game. Their defense is taking the ball away at a pretty consistent rate, and they're. Their offense is – they have big plays in every game, but then they're turning the ball over too. So, actually, because with the rate their offense is turning the ball over, their opponents would be wearing more ski masks than they are. That's what they need to fix this week. They're going into the Battle Dome, and uh, that is definitely the main thing they have to clean up. But love the ski mask. Does any Is any other team doing a turnover gimmick? This is obviously a la no, the I turnover chain. I do love the
2: sack sac dance, though. Yes. That's pretty good. The Viper. That's pretty good. Ah.
1: Remember, Viper's fans. That's pretty good. Boom, boom, hiss. Boom, boom, hiss. <laughs> this week, got to do that against D.C. on Sunday night, Tampa. All right, let's uh, get into my second or fun just hiss. part. Or just S- wh- What if they could get the it entire time? Like, you know how remember the World Cup, they had the Vuvuzelas? <laughs> but they have some sort <laughs> of way of h- hisses hissing consistent hisses the whole time that would be
2: just everybody flush the toilets at the same time. no run the faucets in the bathrooms at the same time No, that's a
1: waste of water don't do that (laughs) well let's let's do let's let's get into some this is more silliness and fun here in the cover tube the second part i want to i just want to ask one question about a few different topics and the question is is this a thing is this an actual thing in the XFL, and the first thing I want to ask is, well, this is a thing. This this Vipers sack dance is a thing. First up, uh, I'm going to start here. Uh, P.J. Walker, you brought this up earlier. More touchdowns than everybody, a team, a whole teams. Is P.J. Walker, he, he, P.J. Walker will finish with more TDs than the entire Tampa Bay Vipers team. Is this a thing?
2: Oh, yeah, that's a thing. That's That's a thing. And the New I mean, York Guardians playing now. If he stops playing now, he might still be one of those.
1: <laughs> come on, now we're now we have cameras on our face, so I could do the I could do the the eye roll <laughs> and the stare. I could stare. At you. Come on, come on. Well, the Vipers the offense so moved the ball the last week.
2: touchdowns. Zone. The Guardians have four touchdowns. Uh, I'll tell you what. I, I guarantee that PJ Walker will not have more touchdowns than all the teams in the league. That includes the Houston Roughnecks because he will not beat the Houston Roughnecks in total touchdowns, uh, but everyone else he probably will. He might be. What it, so what is he at? He's at 10? 9 or 10, last I checked. 10, closest to him. I think he's at like 11 maybe. We have to look at that. The Wildcats are at 10, so that they're the next one behind him. It, it's going to be – I don't think – I mean, the the Wildcats caught up to him pretty quickly this past week. I don't think he'll beat all the teams. He will beat some teams. I guarantee that if he keeps up at this pace, because he's looking good, it doesn't look like anyone can stop him. No one can really stop the Houston Roughnecks. So I'll give you that one. That's the thing. He'll, he'll be he'll be higher than at
1: least one team. At least one team you're calling. All right. I'm, I'm, I want to pull up. Just he has right now ten touchdowns, one pick. Amazing. So he's tied. He's great. tied with the wild. All right. Here's my next one. I want to ask. um, the majority of the Guardians' offensive woes are the fault of Matt McGloin. Is this a thing?
2: No, it's not a thing. I'm not going to say no. I think they're, 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 their line is undersized for what they're wanting to do. They can't run the ball between the tackles. Uh, I think Tim Cook has severely underperformed. Unfortunately, he's a friend of the show too, but uh, right now he's not performing to snuff. I think a lot of the Guardians aren't. I think Matt McGloin is the centerpiece only because of his exposure. Uh, but right now, there there's just a lot of problems, a lot of things wrong with that team. So I can't put it on one person.
1: Yeah, it's, it's a team sport. Tough to do and put it all on Matt McGloin. I mean, he did kind of magnify the issues with how he reacted to the poor performance of the team in week number two. So that's why I could see someone maybe saying it is a thing. I'm with you. I, this is the offensive line. They're not doing their job. They're not pu- getting any kind of push for Tim Cook or or f- f- for protection for anyone of the quarterbacks. Yeah, they're they're having You're issues. penalties and, and Ian that, Soberman, issues, you know. Yeah. Antics you, you know, and in St. also, Louis.
2: really think about it. You know, uh Matt McGloin did not play it down in the second half and the New York Guardians only scored 6 points. Last game. So it's it's not like the, the you know, and it was in garbage time, really, when Luis Perez got that touchdown. So there's a lot of things wrong with the with the Guardians. I'm not I'm not putting it all on him. All right.
1: Next one. Back to Tampa Bay. I wanna ask you about what we heard Mark Tressman say earlier with Quentin Flowers leaving the team. He said, We want him back. Is this a thing? Do they actually want Quentin Flowers back on the team to have to make the tough decision and use this it, to me it sounds like
2: mark trustman wants as many quarterbacks as he can have because he wants to just keep rotating them you know it's like he wants like oompa loompas or something just kind of keep processing them through the factory <laughs> um maybe uh i don't think i think it's the right thing to say i don't think you say okay good riddance he's gone now we don't have to worry about him you always say you want a player back it's always an option you know if something happens to taylor Cornelius, do you want who do you want to back him up, Maybe Quentin Flowers. So yeah, I think he really does want him back, in some way, shape, or form.
1: I do too, because like I said, he's. I think he'd be a special red zone player, and they maybe they maybe used him in in a different way that I I think most people would think you would use a player like that. I, you would want to use him more sparingly, and in the right spots. They were kind of just kind of forcing that issue. It felt like this week see what they do without him, though. Maybe they're completely lost without Quentin Flowers at all, and that might be a glaring hole on the Tampa Bay Vipers. We do not know, so in that regard, that's why I don't think that might be a th- – that is a thing, actually, Tresman saying they want him back. Last one, we'll, we'll co- finish the cover two off here. Uh, after the Battle Hawks' big win at home last week, I mean, I don't want to – I can't speak on what happened to the tail dates in the parking lots after the game because – those Battlehawks fans, they were nuts. They were having so much fun before, during, and after that game. Tables on fire and all sorts of chugging and eating spam sandwiches. All
2: this cockery going on. It was ridiculous.
1: <laughs> but in the locker room, it was nuts, too. Because Jake Payne, <laughs> friend of the show, friend of the show, yep. opened a, a Bud Light Seltzer for the Bud Light Seltzer parties that we love to have in the XFL. Uh, he opened a Bud Light Seltzer with his teeth. Jake <laughs> He, he opened my, up
2: a can of <sighs> Bud Light Seltzer with his teeth and then chugged <sighs> it. And then to chug
1: it. Chugged mm. it. He almost ate the whole can. I just ate the whole can. Oh but God. here's the question. Jake Payne opens beer, uh, seltzer, pop, and anything in a can like that all the time with his teeth teeth. Is that a thing? No,
2: it's not. Not every time. I do think he's a nail biter. Probably couldn't crack it open. You know, so he oh. had to use his teeth. my guess. <laughs> might be a nail my, biter. A my nail nails biter.
1: are too short for this. Ah. <laughs> uh,
2: no I one don't, had I a knife. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs>
1: he's just that. Like <laughs> he's at like a, a family get together. You know. You know how. Starts... Who's going to top that? I mean, if Tampa wins this week, I would advise someone on their team maybe just like poke a hole in that thing and, sh- and shotgun that seltzer or something shotgun it that's I, I don't know. Some, have oh, we seltzers seen that are yet? hard though
2: i can't i think we've seen shotgunning you know by the time you know hopefully by the time tampa wins their first game they, there's still something left for them to do that hasn't been done already uh we we haven't seen a, a beer chug seltzer you know where you put the little funnel and you just chug the beer oh we haven't seen that yet maybe that or maybe put some the, the helmet with the two straws and you know the Beer helmet? Just sit there in your locker room taking an interview while you're drinking the seltzers? Maybe that's something you do. I don't know. Keep it classy. But, uh, Put
1: it in a wine glass. Just <laughs> drink your Bud Light seltzer. Celebrate classy, Tampa, when you get your first win. It might be this week. We'll pick that game in just a little bit. Let's talk about the big, big game, though, this week. Texas Throwdown, a.k.a. the Tex-FL Showdown, a.k.a. Renegades versus roughnecks bryant this is the game that you know among other games but maybe the game that has been circled and circled again and then circled again by everybody because we know how much texas loves football we know how we knew how these teams would probably have explosive offenses june jones how mummy landry jones pj walker and it is a reality now. It's week four, and these look like two of the better teams in the XFL, and they are gonna go at it. They are going to throw down at Globe Live Park on Sunday, four PM Eastern on FS one. It's week four, and we get our first Texas throwdown, Bryant. I know, I know that these two teams beat the Wildcats, but how hyped are you for this game? No, as a
2: football fan, like I usually am on this show, I'm very hyped for this game. I'm not as hyped as the players we're going to be talking to here in a second, uh, but or the commissioner that we talked to before, because this is this is a game that many people knew was going to happen, wondered when it was going to happen, and found out that it was week four, and like you said, circled their calendars, uh, because it happens twice. Even the commissioner says in the NFL, the Texans and the Cowboys play once every four years. Well, these two teams are going to play twice, and a potential three times in one year, so it's going to be, uh, super electric in that stadium. I expect a lot of both team fans. This might be the first time where we get the opposing team's fans just as loud as the regular team's fans because they're going to be so they're, – they're not close, but they're close enough, and people love football in that state so much that I think we're going to see a lot of that.
1: Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. I cannot wait for it, and I cannot wait for you all to hear our conversations right now with a couple of players who will participate in this game from opposing sides, we've got a roughneck, we've got a renegade. We're going to start with Dallas's side and talk to their punt return man and wide receiver, Flynn Nagel, who we heard a couple weeks ago, Bob Stoops really cheering him on. He loves Flynn Nagel. Flynn Nagel's been an explosive player for them on offense. and We spoke to Flynn Nagel about this offense coming together, gelling, and maybe – just at the right moment, as they take on the top team in the XFL, in the Houston Roughnecks. Here it is. We're going to take you back to back because right after that, we're going to go directly to our interview with James Butler of the Houston Roughnecks, running back who is a great player. Made some explosive plays, being being outshined a little bit by Cam Phillips and PJ Walker, but on in this on this team in this offense getting that spotlight is is very tough and we talked to him about that and of course we talked to james butler about this offense coming together so quickly the houston roughnecks just blowing the doors off of teams early on in this season and also getting ready for a rivalry game on the road against the dallas renegades we're going to take you back to back get you set for the texas Throwdown. it is the dallas renegades it is the houston roughnecks flynn nagel the Renegades followed by James Butler of the Roughnecks right here on This is the XFL Show. You guys the last two weeks have really gotten a lot better, I think, from that week one performance on offense. I think we could all agree on that. How comfortable are you guys getting on offense now that you've had Landry there under center for two weeks in a row discovering a rhythm? Yeah,
5: I think we are getting into rhythm. I think rhythm is a perfect word, but um, you know, I still don't think we've put a full game together. Uh, you know, we've basically been playing one good half of football, and um, and I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be pretty exciting, and I think it's going to be pretty dangerous when we put a full game together on offense, because our defense is playing their butts off, and uh, offensively, I mean, once we get in the groove, um, you know, as we've as we as we've shown in the second half, you know, we can be dangerous. So, I think once we put a full game together, it's going to be sweet
1: yeah it and, and the ends of games you guys have really finished teams in the last two weeks you mm-hmm. and how yes. the great thing is fans we've seen Hal mummy telling you guys to finish teams off and you've done it uh, running them into the ground uh how how's it playing in this offense and what's with Hal mummy's towel can you explain that to the fans
5: that's <laughs> just uh you know a tradition it's something he's always done uh has got it out there at practice in the game um uh, that's just his thing so I don't know, that's uh I guess that's a question for him but um but no, the offense is exciting. Um obviously the receiver in the offense and like, as much as we throw the ball it's it's fun to be in an offense like this. Um and I think it's gonna only get more exciting as we continue to, you know, grow that chemistry and just get comfortable with one another.
1: Absolutely. It's been fun to watch. And then also as a return man, I've been interested in just any, all the return men in this league have, I think, a unique challenge in kind of figuring out these new rules and getting comfortable. For, yeah. you, for you, do you find these new rules help you out or make it any different from what you've experienced in the past?
5: Yeah, I think uh, I think the big difference is, is for kick returners. You know, that's, uh, that's a whole new setup, whole new deal. So that's, you know, something to get used to. Uh, as a part returner, it's not too different honestly I mean it's it's actually a little helpful because um, you got a little more time back there with you know the gunners not being able to leave until the balls kicked. so I think uh, as a punt returner it's been you know I like the new rule obviously because you get a little more time um, but also that's forcing punters to you know put the hang the ball up there and increase their hang time um, to try and minimize that um, you know return yardage that you can have so you know, it's not it's not too different as a returner, but um, you know, as a kick returner, I think um, that's a big difference.
1: Yeah, for sure. And the the rules are more dramatic uh, in terms of differences for the kickoff and the punt. I I'm, I'm excited for you to return one, man. Maybe you'll get one this week. It's a big one at uh, home. I know, hoping so. Oh man, it would be huge in this. They're calling it the Texas Throwdown against the Roughnecks. How hyped is the team knowing you're hosting? an in state rival and also a team that so happens to be undefeated and really tops of the XFL currently.
5: Yeah. Um it's huge. I mean the whole team's excited. We all know what's uh know what's at stake here with them, you know, in our division and I think um you know this is a this is a huge game for our division. Obviously they're they're three and we're two and one. Um and uh and I think, you know the the division champion's are gonna come down to this so um, you know, hopefully we can put a full game together and just go out there and, and, and play ball the way that, uh, it would look good to the players.
1: Yeah. And they, they are, they're an offense, you know, that likes to run and, and shoot, as they call it. You guys, uh, yep. you know, you guys like to put pedal to the metal. So are you expecting a pretty fast paced, intense game come Sunday afternoon?
5: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. I mean, offensively, they got an exciting quarterback,
1: um, you know, and they got some receivers that can make
5: some plays, but, uh, but I think our defense is going to be ready for the challenge, and um, you know our offense. Uh, like I said, once we get rolling, um, we're going to be dangerous. So I'm hoping that that kind of kick starts right off the bat, and we can put a full game together. And this is this is the week to do it. So,
1: yes, sir. And, and yeah, I just want to I want to tell you, Flynn. I know this is a big game. But And it's an in-state rivalry, too. It's the only one in the XFL. But you're going to see these guys That's again it. in Week 9 and then potentially, who knows, come the playoffs of the XFL, yeah. very likely you play a team three times. So you guys pace yourselves out there. I know there's going to probably be some jabber, John, but have fun, All right. most importantly. <laughs> uh, they'll,
3: be, they'll be talking.
5: Um, you know, in any football game, there's going to be that talking. But, uh, no, I mean, yeah, like you said, we might play them you know, three times this year, so... But I mean, it's not like we're kind of holding plays back and trying to, you know, restrict our offense, like play call wise. You know, we're not going to do that because we want to get after these guys. So obviously, you can't, you can't just think, oh, we're going to call this play because we're going to play them again down the road. No, we're going to, you know, we're going to play football the way that you know we know how, and hopefully call the plays that uh, that. We want to call, and we think we'll be successful.
3: And, you know,
5: oh, just yeah. kind of take take a season as it goes, and if if we play them down the road, then you know, prepare another way then.
1: Oh, yeah, we know you guys are going to go all out each and every week. And we've we, the, the cool thing is, fans, we get to see your coaches talking during these games. We know what they have you doing and what they yeah, expect it's from cool. you. <laughs> yeah, our favorite soundbite on the show so far has been how, Mummy play fast, do it again. I'm sure you love hearing that in your head, and that's what you're going to be <laughs> yeah. doing this, yeah. this Sunday, man. It gets the Roughnecks. Well, enjoy it. The Texas Throwdown Sunday at 3 p.m. Central Time on FS1. Dallas hosting Houston, Flynn Nagel. Man, go have some fun. And uh, come back to the show if you get one of those returns. I want to talk all about that. Absolutely, sounds good. Thanks for having me on the show. I mean, you guys have been the talk of the XFL to start, especially offensively. But I have a question for you in particular: if if your team is going to be the only team to put out XFL Stars of the Week every single week, how many can you beat? PJ <laughs> or Cam Phillips out for? Because man, those guys are hogging all the trophies. <laughs>
6: I know, right? Uh, we just we've just really been clicking on offense. You know, PJ really finds a way to to get guys the balls and make plays, and you know, and we got to always give into to the O line because it starts with those guys up front.
1: Man, you guys have been looking smooth on offense. It's really fun to watch. And I've talked to Nick Hawley from your team, too, and he talked about how fun it is to play in this offense as a wide receiver. How about for you as a running back? Is there as much freedom for you to to kind of run a route you want to run and, and and adapt and adjust the defenses the way Coach Jones asks you guys to?
6: Yeah, it's exciting. you know. As a running back, I mean, this offense running backs kind of goes as, as an afterthought because we throw the ball so much. But it's still fun because, you know, we're not running into those, you know, eight, nine-man boxes. We're running into more, you know, five, six-man boxes. So it's a lot, it's a lot smoother boxes in to run against and, you know, a lot bigger holes and a lot bigger dash plays. You know, we're not going to you know, wow anybody with our number of carries. But, you know, as long as we just taking advantage of every opportunity, we can really, you know, make a difference in the game.
1: Yeah, you guys are really made for big plays, and you really have made, you guys have made them all in the XFL, I feel like. Every every highlight I'm watching is a Houston Roughneck highlight. How did you guys cl- click so quickly on offense? A lot of these teams have taken their time, like your opponents this weekend, you know, they've, they're getting their legs under them offensively, but you guys came out of the gates just blasting. I
6: feel like it's really uh, Coach Dune how, how we worked in this, uh, this offseason, you know, we were doing two of the Hayes every other day. So, you know, we were just constantly on the field, constantly, you know, getting the plays down, getting right. And, uh, you know, a lot of guys were complaining because we were like, you know, we're about to win the the practice of the year award. But, you know, we go into these games and, you know, we just see how much that that really how much all that hard work is really paid off.
1: It has, it has, and you guys, you know, have a good uh, a good lead right now in the West, but you got to keep it going, and I know that's got to be tough. You got week week four now, you know, you don't want to let all the accolades get to your heads. How do you guys, you know, stay focused knowing that you, you guys kind of started maybe ahead of the curve, but all these teams are kind of gelling now. It's week four, so they're getting comfortable as well.
6: Yeah, you know, you know, just playing it week by week, you know, not thinking, you know, that we're 3-0, that, you know, that we're the best team in the league, but just thinking, you know, like any day, you know, any team can win. We knew that, you know, that Tampa Bay was going to play their best game against us, and they did. You need to see that. And we know that, you know, Dallas is also going to play their best game against us, but we also just got to go in and play our game and, you know, not think too much into the game, not read our own newspaper clips and just continue to do what we do and just execute. You no, know, we still don't feel like we played full potential. We still feel like that we, you know, we left a lot of points out there. You know, defense left a lot of turnovers and, and big plays out there. So, you know, we still don't feel like we really clicked as a team yet.
1: Absolutely. You guys, I think, are capable of huge things. I'm expecting at least one 60-point game from that offense this year. You guys can make so <laughs> many big plays. Am I, that's probably asking a little too much, but we'll see. You guys are taking on Dallas, though, in-state rivalry, the only one in the XFL. I mean, do you expect this one to be your most physical, intense game yet? Because there's a lot of talk about Houston taking on Dallas. You'll do it twice during the regular season. Maybe some mm-hmm. maybe in the playoffs too. The co- league has kinda of built this thing up for these two teams in particular to really go at it.
6: Yeah, it's gonna be exciting. You know, this is uh an in state rivalry. I'm not, not, I not like I'm not from Houston, but just talking to people around the town that like, you know, you, you know you know you guys gotta win, you know how big this game is. Like no matter what sport it is, Houston versus Dallas, you know, uh, us uh, Houston is you no know, really one we want you guys to win. So we know how important it is. We know how good of a team Dallas is. So we know we've got to come out and play our best game because, you know, they're on a high right now. They're on a road right now. so they're, you know, They've won the last two games. So so we just got to go out and play our game.
1: And as you guys say for the H, and you guys have been representing that, you've been representing that city pretty well. They've been—it's been a good crowd okay. coming out to see you. Do you expect uh, maybe some fans of the Roughnecks to travel to Arlington this weekend? Hopefully, have have some noise at Landry Jones and his offense when they're out there on the road.
6: I hope so. You know, I hope the fans uh, can make it up there to Arlington. Though know, we'd love to have them, we're so excited. Like I always say, I hate playing anywhere other than Houston because you know Houston is just such a great place to play. It's so much fun. The fans are always so lively. But yeah, I honestly think that that our fans will make a way uh, down there to Arlington because they they've really been so great in just backing us
1: and supporting us
6: around here in Houston. It's just it's really great to see.
1: Well, James, we appreciate it, man. Go Keep having fun in that run-and-shoot offense. It's so much fun <laughs> to watch. I can only imagine what it's like to play in it. And uh, keep it up, man. We're having a blast watching your team develop. And uh, good luck this weekend against Dallas. That's
6: yes, sir. Thank you.
1: Thank you to Flynn Nagel and James Butler and everyone at the Dallas Renegades and the Houston Roughnecks for setting us up with those good, crisp football chats. We appreciate them, and we hope you enjoyed getting a glimpse into both camps that will take place that will be competing in the Texas throwdown. Bryant, very illuminating there from both of those offensive players, two guys who could end up being big, big, big cogs in those offensive machines this weekend.
2: I like how you asked him if he could beat out either P.J. Walker or Cam Phillips for most, um, uh, most players of the week uh by the by the seasons, the seasons. and i don't Honestly,
1: know. James you Butler's know. very good player and he's he, maybe yeah. on another team he would be a statistical leader and star of the week in this league, but only so many balls to be had when you're on the Houston Roughnecks offense. Well, 130
2: yards, almost a six average, uh two touchdowns. Oh, come on, Cam Phillips gets that before the first quarter's over. Let's let's be real. <laughs> no, it's, it's a great team. Yeah, let's just be honest, it's a great team, so who knows? Uh but it's gonna be a lot of fun to see those uh those two teams compete these two players are going
1: to have a lot of fun and and it's going to be a great game. Absolutely. And we're going to pick that game here in just a moment we're also going to take you to our colleague Vince Calfo's uh picks against the spread. Before we do that, we want to make sure that you're suited and booted for week 4 and the rest of the XFL season. So we're going to tell you to go to xflshop.com now because that is the online store for authentic XFL gear. You could dress like the pros, get suited up like your Dallas Renegades or Houston Roughnecks if you're going to the Texas Throwdown. We've got another one coming up later at the end near the end of the year. You got to be ready for it. Go to xflshop com to get exclusive sideline apparel that you see players and coaches wearing each and every single week in the XFL team jerseys hats coaches hats get ready for game day with authentic team customized XFL footballs too we love those footballs I've got my battle Hawks football it is perched up. Go Guardians. And, um, and the, Brian's got his Guardians ball. We both are kind of hoping we'll get a Wildcats ball eventually. I got to <laughs> pull that trigger because that ball's <laughs> awesome looking. Eventually, I'll have all eight. But XFLShop.com is where you get those. Get in the spirit. Also, T-shirts, tops, sweatshirts for your favorite XFL team. Has everything you need to show off your colors. It's XFLShop.com. Celebrate the love of football. Get your gear today at Shop dot com now can get you ready for if you're better if you're gambling this weekend we're going to get you ready we're we're gonna make our picks Bryant you and i but our colleague vince he sniffs out what's going on in vegas and in, in all the sports books he looks at all of those from the action network DraftKings kings he's all over it so we're gonna have him set us up and and, and tell everybody what he's doing against the spread and then we'll go and act accordingly with our picks. If you are ready, it's time to start picking week four.
7: Hey, football fans. This is Vince from This is the XFL Show. XFL week number four kicking off Saturday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. L.A. Wildcats, seven-point favorite on the road against the New York Guardians. Talk about two teams going in different directions. LA looked really impressive last week against DC, New York, not so much against St. Louis, but I'll tell you something, if they would have converted in the red zone in that second half, they would have made that a ball game, that's why I'm going with the Guardians this week to cover that seven point spread. Second game, 2pm Pacific time on Saturday, Seattle Dragons, huge 12 point Underdog on the road against St. Louis at the Battle Dome. St. Louis looking impressive there. But as I just said, they almost left the door open for a backdoor cover last week against New York. I could see the same thing happening here. And that's why I'm leaning with the Seattle Dragons. I'm not feeling too confident about it, but that's who I'm going with. Sunday games. First one, 1 p.m. Pacific time, maybe the game of the year so far in the XFL. Houston Roughnecks undefeated, one and a half point favorite on the highway against the Dallas Renegades. These two offenses, they finally look like they're starting to get get going. That's why I'm really looking at this total here, 50 and a half. I could see it going over. If I had to pick a winner in this game, I'm going to side with the Roughnecks, although both these teams are looking really good. But nobody's been able to stop Houston just yet, and I'm not going to step in front of them. Final game of the weekend we got at 4 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday. D.C. Defenders, two-and-a-half-point favorite at the Tampa Bay Vipers. This one opened up a lot closer uh, around the point difference. And the only thing that's really changed so far is Flowers, the quarterback, for tampa uh used in gadget situations he's not going to be playing in this game why is this line so close i don't know dc looked like they were the best team in the league at one point tampa still hasn't been able to win i don't know what's going on but those guys out in the desert usually do and that's why i'm siding with the tampa bay vipers that's week number four in the xfl and for the love of football just go ahead and bet on it
1: There's our colleague Vince Calfo with his picks against the spread, Bryant. And I don't know if you're going to agree with him, but I do think he brought up some good points there with some interesting spreads. Looking at that Tampa game. Let's rock and roll. First up, LA Wildcats at New York Guardians. And they are a seven-point favorite at MetLife Stadium. That is a 2 p.m. Saturday kickoff. On ABC, Bryant, the over-under is at 40, and Matt McGloin is out for this game. According to the injury report, it's out, but so is probably, or doubtful, is Martez Carter, Mr. Excitement, who came out of his shell last week, so L.A. might be missing a very important in this game as well. Oh, wait, they already are. Nelson Spruce is out for this one, too. Two teams with significant offensive injuries, Bryant, going into this game. Something's going to have to give. First up, though, let's talk about those Guardians. What do they do at quarterback? Is it Marquise Williams or Luis Perez for you?
2: I mentioned last week, or excuse me, on our last show, that I go with Marquise Williams. It's different. It's a different style of play. I love Luis Perez and what he can do, but I think Marquise Williams uh, gives something different to this team that they haven't seen yet this season. Gives them a little bit different pace, more mobility, uh, I go with Marquise Williams. I also liked what he did with the San Antonio commanders back in the AAF. So I'm going with
1: Marquise Williams at at quarterback over Luis Perez. So if Marquise Williams is in there, you have a, a quarterback who's mobile and you got a banged up offensive line and you're the New York guardians. They've got, they've got Derek Dennis on the roster. Now who knows how much playing time, if any, he'll get. It looks like some of their guys are healthy now also. Like Garrett Brumfield, and I don't know that this actually I think might bode well for the Guardians. And then knowing these significant injuries for the L.A. Wildcats, maybe this game is at least within the seven. I, I don't know, Brian. I'm I think looking that, looking at the offensive injuries, I had a different score here written on my page. I'm going to bring it down a little bit. I think L.A. still wins, but I think I think they're going to win something like. I don't know. I'm going to go 21 to uh, 15.
2: You sound confident in this. Listen to Alan if you are uh, picking a team here on this one. So you said, what, 21 to 15?
1: Yeah, I think think New York's going to get within that seven. But I think L.A. still wins this one probably handily just because Josh Johnson looked so comfortable last week. L.A.'s running game, though... they got Martez Carter out now, too. Are they going to be able to get going? Because they really – well, they didn't have to last week. Well, they didn't have, Yeah, that's they what i that, That's why I'm not too worried. Martez
2: Carter got the ball in the end zone twice and took a reception into the end zone for three total touchdowns. Remember, six to the board was Martez Carter three times. Uh, but really, I don't worry about the injuries too much. Nelson Spruce is out, but Trey McBride, a full participant, didn't really play in the second half last week. Mm-hmm. But he's actually going to be playing the entire game. Uh, you know, Josh Johnson's still going to have – he was his favorite target in that in that game if you really think about it we talk about the new york dbs multiple times on this show they just haven't shown me that they can really stop this team or any team excuse me uh going into it uh carter yeah i'm a little worried if he's not going to play the game but he's also in the short short yardage situations so i I think larry rose can handle it uh going forward and i and i think the the wildcats will, will win this game pretty easily uh maybe not such high scoring as one might think, I don't think it'll be this thirty-nine to nine victory, but I'm looking at that thirty-two to twelve. I would say
1: that's about what I had it before. I don't know, Mister oh, Excitement. Yeah. <laughs> I had thirty to eleven, but I changed it because Mister Excitement being out, Nelson Spruce being out, less options for but Josh Nelson Johnson.
2: Spruce wasn't even a factor really in the first half when they were scoring all those points. But, but he was Scarter a threat. Scored two. No, he, I mean he was a threat, but the, they on. accounted for him. Next man up, next man up, I think. And then Martez Carter really scored his touchdowns in the second half. I think he had one to close out the the half, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, L.A.'s is – Josh Johnson's fine. Norm Chow's got this team rolling. And and really, you know, Winston Moss in that defense, I I don't think that they're going to have any issues handling uh, the New York Guardians because the New York Guardians have not shown anything to me that makes them seem like they can win this game you can tell me everything you want about la and all the especially. injuries that they're doing really there's nothing that new york has done in the last two weeks nine points total in the last two games and 23 in the first game against a team that still hasn't won a game like come on you really haven't shown me much to me for these injuries to be that much of a factor
1: defensively though there's stuff there for the guardians can't discount them
2: Jordan Tamu had a hundred yards passing last week, or
1: something like that, and they still won by twenty points. I know, but Bunmi Rotimi could get after a quarterback now. This, this, these DBs, you know, they can't. They, Josh Johnson has
2: shown excellent mobility, though. He that did probably better mobility than they've seen all season, even with Jordan
1: Tamu. Oh, I don't know about that. That's getting now. You're you're pl- you're picking with LA goggles, and we're going to have to move on. We both have the Wildcats winning, though. I'll be there. Cannot wait uncovered. to see it. What I'll about say that too. and what about the mascot? It's down to Goliath or Gotham. What are you voting?
2: Goliath. It's 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 a it's a proper noun, right? The yes. other one is not. Also, yeah. great roller coaster here, Magic Mountain, Valencia. Great. great roller
1: coaster. <laughs> it's Goliath the Gargoyle, or will it be Gotham. Uh, whatever it is, it's really rad. And hopefully, the is Guardians... Goliath from
2: the original gargoyles.
1: That's the name Cartoon? of the main character, yes, yes. Is it really? Okay, yes. I mean, you know, I, I, I was a, I was a Nickelodeon guy, not a Disney guy. So there it is, L.A. Wildcats taking on the New York Guardians. The Guardians hosting this one. We both have the Wildcats winning. Let us know who you're picking at XFL Show. Um, I'll be there, and I'm going to be living it up, enjoying MetLife Stadium and those Guardians fans. Week one, they were rowdy. I can't wait to see what they got this week when they desperately need to get back in the win column.
7: LA stands for excellence.
1: Let's take it to the next game now, Bryant, which is on Saturday, 5 p.m. on Fox in St. Louis at the Battle Dome. The Battle Hawks will be cacquowing against the Seattle Dragons. Battle Hawks 12-point favorites in this one. Over-under set at 38.5 half. And you know we got to look at we got to look at Matt Jones, the running back who's been killing it for the BattleHawks. That run game is sick. Him and Kristen Michael, but really him setting up Kristen Michael is what that run offense is, is all about. Uh, if he's not there, that part of the equation does that hurt their chances at controlling the game the way they have, the way they did last week? We have to keep our eye on that. Uh, but his status, you know, through the week was. Absent from practice or limited, so something to keep our eyes on. But that's St. Louis defense at home, Brian. I just don't see them letting Brandon Silver's this be the game where he figures it out and has a complete game. I mean, five touchdowns they've given up. Best in the XFL, the Battle Hawks. Five, that's it. In In three weeks, pretty good. And also, at home, I got them winning by double digits, 19-8. to eight which actually would not be a cover, but still a solid victory.
2: I've I've battled this game. It was one of those, Allen that I had last week when the LA, when L.A. took on D.C., like in-your-gut type of, like, could Seattle win this game? I watched uh, the Seattle and Dallas game again. Seattle looked really good in that first half, and for whatever reason in the second half, they, they haven't shown up, and it's been a consistent thing for them. Uh, St. Louis, on the other hand, you know, Tamu, the stats, don't let those stats fool you. He looked good. I was watching that game back. Uh, his throws are crisp you know his play was was good I really like what he's what he's doing for this team I want to pick Seattle Uh, I think they can cover I think they can cover but I'm not picking them to win this game there's no way you can pick Seattle to win this game based on what you've seen you gotta be kidding me such a consistent play uh at quarterback by Brandon Silvers. Now, I will say I do expect Austin Proles to have a big game. I do think that he is going to be one of those targets that uh that Brandon Silvers is going to fall in love with after this game because he should. He's got some weapons. And I I think this game is going to be a lot closer than you think. I think the Battle Dome is going to be on pins and needles the entire game. I think it's going to be a a close game up until the finish. I got uh the
1: Battlehawks winning this game 31 to 27. Wow, high-scoring affair. I'm the opposite. I think I have this as my lowest-scoring game of the weekend. Really, you got it that high. So you got to yeah, wait. I think, I, I think both are, almost, teams can do you a, almost lot. Can do a lot lot You almost have one team hitting me <laughs> over. You almost have one team hitting me over this it. one.
2: Well, yeah, but if you look at what St. Louis has done, when they played Houston, they let in a lot of points. They've done. They've struggled. Uh, the best offense in the he, league
1: of course and that was the one week well, you have to go since with it. then they've been good on d
2: well i mean they've been okay
1: that that was week 2 they've played one game they played against new york guardians and, and held them to nine points and the first week they were good against philip nelson and now they're playing <laughs> brandon silvers i no, it's just I mean, saying, against gets- Brandon
2: Silvers is better than Philip Nelson, and Brandon Silvers has had your grapes. Austin Prohl is a great quarterback uh, running quarters. He's had, He's had good good quarters. He's had good well, quarters. He's had good quarters. Well, he can put two or three of them together and get some good points up on the board. I expect him to do that. I think Kaka, Ka-ka is to. the I law, really Brian. Did you not learn last that's week? That's not what that go- sign know? says. That's not what that sign says. I am Kaka. the law. Uh, yeah, 31 uh, 27, the Battle Dome. It'll come down to the fourth quarter, but that's when that's when Seattle won't show up, and they're they're. Their woes will plague them continuously.
1: Wow! I don't with
2: with with conversions. That's only like three a times. lot of points scored in this one. According to over you, over just... under two conversions for the St. Louis battle. Oh, they, my we got one goodness. off.
1: This this is the th- <laughs> biggest prop bet of the weekend. What do I do? No under. They can't. one point five, Alan. One point <laughs> five. You can, unless they. You think they're going to run that play again? The forward, the double forward pass to the shuttle. Shuffle was pass? It? The shuffle who is it to shuffle past the Pearson L who threw it to uh, Russell? Was that Yeah, best Pearson best L to play the game. I'm gonna
2: say I'm gonna say over and they're gonna go for the two pointers. I think people are gonna
1: start realizing that the, that two pointers is the right way to go. They have been. I feel like the trend has been going towards the two. That everyone's learning that's yeah. what you should do. And that's for.
2: where they scored from
1: i, I so love much math at the end of football games too I, I just hope people just start making
2: these so it's a consistency yeah. because to hear the commentators like i'd go for three and i'm like dude i totally would have gone for a one on that one i don't understand why somebody <laughs> thinks three is the best option but uh, we'll figure it out at some point but i do have like i said the, the battle hawks winning i think it's a shootout i think Oscar Prol has a big game so if you see him on fantasy i think he's at 9800 dollars. i can't remember off the top of my head but he's got a good amount going in uh
1: and it'll be 80, a fun one 8500 on on DraftKings he's coming in as the as the fourth best play at wide receiver according to DraftKings um just behind Parham McBride and Phillips uh you i see think See
2: Parham skyrocket they must be listening to the show by the way they must be watching him
1: run like a gazelle <laughs> all across the Seattle defense a, a gazelle
2: about? don't give him that much that's not, not a it's gazelle beautiful. like a Cheetah. He was He's like a cheetah. He's like no, a giant, the cheetahs are graceful. Giant... They're all graceful animals.
1: He was graceful. I thought he looked very, very elegant. ostrich with
2: those, like, you know, just
1: boom, 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 boom. <laughs> You know, you're going to have to – you're calling him an ostrich now. If we have him on the show, <laughs> first thing I ask Donald Parham is, do you like being called an ostrich? Because <laughs> that's what Bryant calls you. Oh, I don't think – I don't think anybody... I just didn't
2: say his run was as smooth as a gazelle.
1: That's I'll tell you me. this. I don't think anybody's running on this Seattle defense like that on the St. Louis side. I I, I think their defense is going to make some big plays for them, put them in short fields maybe. I if don't they shut down the run, touchdowns. there's a
2: chance there. You know, this could be a low-scoring game if Seattle can shut down the run. Do so I think they can do it? Probably not. But if they can shut down that run, because you got to remember... The, uh. Uh, Tamu didn't have the greatest game stat-wise. He did have it efficiency-wise. didn't need wise to. It wasn't there. He didn't need to. Didn't need to. So do you put the ball in his hands, put eight in the box, and make him uh, win this game? You then might not have to, to if Matt we'll Jones is
1: banged up and it's all Kristen Michael who's, you
2: know. Kristen Michael was running, you know, pound, he, he He gains 10 yards after contact. What more do you
1: need? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feels like this is it. Low scoring to me. It feels like a Battlehawks easy victory in for Iowa, sure, Seattle,
2: but you put eight lower scores make Jordan Thomas do it. You put eight in the box, you make Jordan Thomas do it, and I make Brandon Silvers do it. That's where the shootout comes into play.
1: I love that this is us agreeing on the winner, obviously for sure. We both are just picking Just disagreeing on how. The over. The over, <laughs> oh, on the over under. It's the, the opposites. Yeah, you're this right. is a very important issue in the XFL. And uh, I think it will be in this game. Something to definitely watch. That 38 and a half when Seattle travels to St. Louis at the Battle Dome. 5 p.m. on Fox. Not agreeing on the over under, Bryant, but we both agree that Kaka will be the law in week four for the Battle Hawks.
3: Kaka! Kaka! Kaka!
1: All right, Sunday action. And it is that moment. Pistols out when we throw down. The Texas throwdown. Yes, the Renegades host the Houston Roughnecks. Sunday, 4 p.m. on FS1. That's Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Texas time. At Globe Life Park. in Houston, the best team in the XFL currently at 3-0. One point favorite on the road against their natural in-state rival. We've set this game up a whole lot today, Bryant. Talk to Flynn Nagel. We talked to James Butler. We talked to Oliver Luck. Vince gave us his picks in this one. Now it's up to me and you. The over-unders at 50 and a half in this. Houston can have a two-game lead in the West. In a 10-game season, that is huge to me. Big opportunity for the Roughnecks. But they have been bend-dope break. 68 points they've given up as a defense, nine touchdowns, which is a league high. Worst. In the league, but they're still the best team in the league because of that run and shoot and because of their timely touchdowns what do you think when Dallas hosts Houston in the first Texas throwdown I think it's just it's really it's a one point spread it is nearly a pick' to me because I feel like Dallas is just almost there in terms of getting their rhythm and getting in their groove the way that Houston has been they're they're nearly the only question is is Houston taking a step forward because you can start the season off hot but maybe you peak too early is do you think that's something you see out of the roughnecks? Be- no, absolutely not you don't know, you're think- not even a pick them. If you get 110 minus
2: 110 on Houston winning this straight up, you take it. There's no way Houston's losing this game. I'll tell you that right now. Dallas is not as good as we think they are, as they think they are, as their social media thinks they
1: are. I'm taking Houston. At XFL (laughs) Renegades, you hear that? Get Brian. I will send you pictures and videos of him for gifts.
2: Yeah, there you go. Look. I'm I'm being a little uh, over dramatic here, but I don't think this game is as close as we think it is. I I've looked at what Dallas has been able to do. You look at their victories, uh, what they did against St. Louis, nothing. And I know that was Philip Nelson, but Landry Jones hasn't shown these greatness, you know, moments. We talked about that on our on our. We talked about that last week, Alan. Landry Jones has not shown that he can win a game down with the draft. What is? Wait, were you okay there? Oh, you're, you're angry because.
1: Yes, you're angering me, Hold more on, me so this week. Me The camera being on is what, really turn, Jones, turning the fire Landry up on Jones this episode.
2: If Landry Jones is talking about his game that way, why can't I talk about it that way? I don't understand. Because he he's being modest.
1: Fight. That's not honest. <laughs> he's being modest. The truth is Landry Jones hasn't played up to his potential, and he's still killing it. He's still winning games, and he put his foot on the face of these two last teams he's played, and he stomped them into the ground at the end of the game until they said mercy. I mean, he's they're finishers. And that's what Houston's done, but better. Houston's Houston aren't finishers. They're beginners
2: to enders, okay? Dallas was down six points to Seattle in the first half.
1: Time. Beginners what? to enders. Put that on a T-shirt. I like that. That's good. <laughs> beginners, beginners to enders. To enders. <laughs>
2: Houston has dominated their opponents in every facet when it comes to the well, in every offensive facet to the game. They just outrun you, they out ostrich you, whatever you want to call it, Alan. They're gonna beat that right way. You're, now you're now. confusing me.
1: See. Dallas has the ostrich, Donald Parr. There,
2: no, I don't, I never said that. Dallas, uh. Can Dallas is a slow starter. They finish their opponents, but when you slow start against Houston, Houston's way ahead of you. They're all they're already packing their bags on the way back to Houston and TD's Stadium. I don't see how Dallas wins this game. I have it Houston, let's say thirty two to fifteen. Thirty two? 15, fifteen would be a two point conversion. Shh. And a one point no, I'd say uh, you don't yeah, you do yeah, all yeah. That that a field math. goal. Field goal. Field goal.
1: So so you have Houston on the thinking. Houston on the road and you have Houston going up by two games in the West. Oh yeah. No one's All catching right. them.
2: Who can catch them at this
1: point? Well, in this game, if they lose, then it's back to pretty much square one. And the I have the only
2: team that's going to beat Houston is defense. Does Dallas I, have that defense?
1: I have Dallas winning this game. I think Dallas <sighs> is going to pull this game off. I think Dallas's defense has has shown they're they're opportunistic, and they can make the stops when necessary. And that's with their that's with their offense not really playing great in first halves. If Dallas puts together three quarters the way they have put the la- the ends of games under Landry Jones so far, they're going to be super dangerous. They could score a lot of points. And like I said, I think the- they're a team that's just getting into a rhythm. And I think with all the juice flowing at home and a rivalry game this week, woo hoo I like them. I like Dallas to win. I'm going to say Dallas wins 36-31. Wow.
2: I, I just I don't Texas think Texas throwdown shootout they, they can't they're they're not going to be able to outrun the Houston Raptors next. Dallas has shown consistently that they cannot have decent first halves to have high scoring consistently, games. Consistently it's two games
1: really a, Landry Jones's first two three, games. 3
2: defensively they still didn't have a great game. I mean they had an okay game I guess against uh against Jordan Jordan Tatum in the in the St. Louis BattleHawks, but still Houston and Houston's Houston was converting three pointers, Allen. This is ridiculous. You're not going to be able to stop this team. They're converting three pointers now. This is ridiculous. They're like Steph Curry from half court.
1: They're like, hey, put the ball in the twenty. We're going to go for three. Their defense, That's what's like happen. the defense, gave up some points though. They've given up point. They get they make big plays. They get sacks. They hit the quarterback a whole lot. Although those are kind of skewed because of how much they hit Ch- Charles Kanoff week one. I mean it's so skewed yep. the quarterback hit numbers because of that game. But I don't know. Dallas's team is stingy, man. I feel I mean they don't they don't have the point afters like Houston, you're right. They don't make they're just I think starting to hit the big play on offense the way Houston has all season. I I just I I like Dallas. I like them putting a f- complete game together at home. Uh, both of these teams, not very good on third down yet either, if you want to dive into the stats. Um, but I think you might want to throw the, anything we've seen yet out of the window, Bryant. This one's going to be physical, makes personal, and I think this one's also going to be intense. And with that, I'm taking the home team, Dallas to win. Do you more do you do you disagree with me harder on this one or on the St. Louis Seattle game? I just don't even want to talk to you
2: anymore. <laughs> what, 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 what channel? FS One, seven PM or something? Four PM? There
1: you go. That's great. Four PM Eastern on FS One at Globe Life this Park. This con- three PM Central. Most this we've what? Most we've uh, we've like conflicted,
2: even though we're agreeing mostly on what's going to happen. I I'm agree with, with you, happen. but I'm going to yell at
1: you <laughs> because I can see you now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there it is. The Texas throwdown PJ Walker in the roughnecks taking on Landry Jones and the renegades. What more can be said about this game? Plenty by you hit us up on the XFL fan line. I definitely want to get some uh, pre, you know, predictions from fans. Seven, two, four, five, six, five, four XFL on this game or at XFL show on Twitter and a at, hey, at XFL renegades. If you're listening, uh, Bryant just called you out. And when your team wins this weekend you know i'll send you some some video of me you take this right now that's now captured and this is my dancing can you, can you, gif can you do the gif in reverse of the of the batman and robin yeah this is my gif <laughs> you could put sorry for everyone listening on the podcast apps now we have video now we're having fun with this and yeah you can put that and send that to at XFL show at XFL Renegades and stick it to Bryant for picking against the Renegades when they're at home in the first ever Texas throwdown. There will be another one. Week, what, nine? It's a Thursday game, right? Week nine on a Thursday night. You Later in to. the season. Oh, man. I, I just know, though, there's, here's one thing I definitely think we'll agree on. After this game, we're going to say, oh, I hope that, I hope there's three of these this season. That's what I'm going to say. I kind of if the Wildcats no, aren't go not. if the Wildcats that aren't if the Wildcats aren't getting into the into the playoffs. I heard you by the way when you said that. If I'm I'm prefacing if the Wildcats don't get in, I definitely want to see a third Tex Tex FL showdown, the Texas Throwdown. You're you're skewing this thing. Wait, you're I can't wait till you look like a a total. What's the opposite of Sorry, a beginner? Sorry, I'm What's the, the season totals right now. What, so just By what, to... one game? What's the opposite of a beginner ender? You're
2: Houston's not a beginner. they winning their division by one game. Yeah. I'm a beginner to an ender,
1: big dog. Come yeah. on. All right, FS1 again. That is on Sunday, 4 p.m. Eastern. And, I mean, come on. It doesn't get any better than that. Houston at Dallas. Texas throwdown, baby. Let's get it. Should I do June Jones one more time? Let's do June Jones one more time. I'm wondering what the hell you're doing in this league. I'm picking Dallas, June. I'm sorry. Aloha. Here we go. Final game. D.C. defenders at Tampa Bay Vipers, Bryant. Vince said it at the top of this segment. One point spread. One. One point. D.C. is favored on the road at winless Tampa Bay Raymond James Stadium brought the hiss last week in a loss. 7 p.m. on ESPN2 this game. That's rude. 43-and-a-half over-under. You've got Aaron Murray serving as the backup, coming off an injury in this game. Nick Truesdale, Uh I'm going to look up his status. He has not practiced all, y- all week yet, Bryant. The big tight end he was out last week. Well. Out last week. And if he is not in the game... He's not, you know, it's Thursday, so the Sunday games, we don't know status just yet. Um, With the knee injury, could be a a severe loss there for Taylor Cornelius, who's going to be there with no Quentin Flowers anymore to sub him or or spell him or whatever they were doing with the quarterbacks. Um, Quarterback scenario, we've talked about it already this show for Tampa Bay. One other thing, though, for D.C., they're coming in this game with, you know, they're embarrassed on the road last week. And I think Pep Hamilton's got to be kind of upset with his running game. Hasn't really, I don't, the last week, I mean, didn't get them going, didn't get them any kind of, I mean, they got a garbage touchdown at the end with Nick Brosette. He looked okay in garbage time, but. It didn't set any kind of tone for them last week. Their offensive line Five
2: turnovers, it. four sacks. That's going to Cardale. be embarrassing. That's pretty bad right there. That's Cardale, already an and already Cardale
1: was anything. horrible last week. Cardale was so bad last week. For as good as he looked the first two weeks, he was that bad last week. But the running game could have helped that and will help that. The running game traveling will help the D.C. defenders. But what do they do? Jarrell Presley is nursing a shoulder injury. We don't know his status. Um, was limited all week. You had Brosette look okay in that. Should they go to more Nick Brosette? Because I said before the season, I was telling you, I watched him play a lot at LSU in college when I was covering the LSU Tigers, and he's an all-time great in that state in high school football. Great running back, I think, and I think he showed he still's got he still he still's got the juice. He showed that against LA in garbage time, but still explosiveness. I'd go that route if I'm the DC defenders. Maybe get him. Alongside Donald P- Pumphrey a little bit, if Presley's a little banged up. Uh, what
2: can the DC Defenders do to, to fix what happened last week? Who, what, what? There was those are some horrible throws. Some of those were were okay throws that I think the LA Wildcats were just in a better position. But but right now, Cardell Jones uh, made some bad throws. This spread is insane to me. You you got a team that hasn't won a game versus a team that only had one bad game and you're doing it at a plus one, I guess just no one knows what team's going to show up when you have a team that has played such opposites. And I guess Tampa Bay has too. They, they've played an awful game. They played a great game uh, in two weeks. Ugh, man, this is going to be a, a tough one to, to choose. I think Pep Hamilton's going to get his team ready. That preparation is coming in hot. I, I don't see how the Vipers, without Nick Truesdale, uh, you know, the DC defenders don't play the same type of game that the Houston Roughnecks play. They don't play this run and shoot type, you know, let's get as many points as we can. They they pound you, they they outwork you. They make you earn every single yard, and Tampa Bay is not built that way. I don't see how Tampa Bay has the weapons uh, to actually get through all this. I think DC defenders come back. Uh they bounce back. They they are not going to have this huge offensive production that we think they'll have. Uh, or that they have had in the past. I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring, you know, twenty to twelve affair, something along those lines. Where DC gets it done, they're not going to be gr- happy with their performance,
1: but they'll 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 deal with it and move on to Week Five. Vipers, man, they need it. They need it what? so bad. What? They need this game so bad. Oh, and four. I need a million dollars so bad. I'm not going to go get it right now. Like you have oh. to earn this. 0-4 oh, in a league that's built for, that we've, we've talked to the commissioner about this. They'd like some parity in this league. An 0-4 team I don't see it happening. Honest. I think the Tampa Bay Vipers last week showed they could play with the best team in the league so far. Went at, they went down for down with the Houston Roughnecks. Came down to the end of the game. Arguably the most exciting game of last week. And now they're hosting a team that was embarrassed, sure they're going to be angry. They're going to be playing physical and fast and prepared, prepared from Pep Hamilton. But that the decision making for Mark Trustman's kind of out the window with Quentin Flowers out of there. He has to stick with Taylor Cornelius, which I think in his head makes him think I got to stick with oh these running backs who are doing great for me that everyone's talking about and they're not scoring touchdowns for some reason, maybe because they're not getting the ball in the red zone. I don't know. But Jacques, Patrick, Devion, Smith, I think they're the factors. These guys are... Did you realize they're the third... I would understand if you're throwing the ball a lot and losing and having stats as a passing team maybe means you're losing. You're 0-3, but your running backs are number 3-5 and five in the league in rushing. It's very odd, and I think that's because... Oh, here, here's time for, let's go for an Uncle Allen, bad pun. They're snake bits. The Vipers are a little snake bit to start the season, but I think all that venom, the poison is out finally. That raucous crowd they had last week will be back this week. Knowing they have a vulnerable D.C. Defenders team, I'm picking the Vipers to win 29-26. Pew, pew, upset lock special of the week. Okay, that's you can't count a, p- a plus
2: one team as an upset. That's just God. You've been in sports radio way too long. It's an upset. Um, who's
1: favored in the game? <laughs> DC. I'm just saying that. Who's opposite, two and one? Who's zero and three?
2: Upset. To me, one. my 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 Houston Roughnecks winning by a blowout is a bigger upset than your uh, plus one Vipers win here. But anyway, uh, you think it's going to be that high scoring? You think you think uh, DC can put that many points up on the board? Yeah. After what happened last week, I definitely. Cardell Jones is going to be, you think Cardell Jones is going to be a little gun shy at all in in this game? You think Pep's going to have this team ready? You know, Rashad Ross did not have a great game. Uh, These, these DC defenders, Anthony Johnson did not have a great game on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, It was a a bad game by the DC defenders. Horrible. And horrible, but I don't think that it's going to be that high scoring. Even if they win or lose, I don't think DC scores that many points.
1: Uh, I I think that offense will get right, but I think even playing a pretty decent game on offense, I think Tampa Bay playing a clean game, not turning the ball over, not going three and out so much, not making dumb mistakes, they can win, and they're at home. I like their shot at avoiding 0-4. Late game, yes, latest game uh, on a Sunday start yet, I believe. ESPN 2 will have this game, and it'll be at 7 p.m. Eastern from Raymond James Stadium when the Vipers take on the D.C. defenders in what is, I definitely agree with you, Bryant, the most bizarre line of the week, but as Vince said at the top, Vegas must know something. Some Someone knows something. Or oh, nothing. I, and they just, and, <laughs> I, and I'm, I'm with them because I know it. I know the Vipers aren't that bad. They're not 0-3 bad. And I know that D.C. was proven to not be a dominant team in this league last week. And they have a lot of work to do. And so, maybe that results in the Vipers' first win. I think so. And we'll see. So, we deferred an opinion in every single game. I think we picked the same winners in, in what, half? Uh We're two and two. We both have St. Louis. We both have L.A. And we're rounding it out here. Pick it against each other. Tampa and D.C., which means the the Tuesday morning show is going to be a lot of fun, Bryant. So, you or I will be ahead of each other. We might swap positions here in the uh, standings of our own <laughs> imaginary game of pick 'em that doesn't even matter. But what does matter is that it's week four. All these games are going to be exciting. And uh, for one reason or another, because the XFL has even shown in a blowout, the game has some intrigue and some interest. Yeah. We got players like Mr. Excitement, who unfortunately is out this week, Martez Carter. But Well, doubtful. Hey, yeah. hey doubtful. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Doubtful. Uh, Excuse me. He's still, he's still Nelson Spruce is the one who's out for that game. You're right. And in this game, you know, uh, we we talked about DC's not really banged up going against Tampa Bay too bad. Um, they don't have too many guys listed as, you know, in on the injury report, uh, for the status of this game. So that's good news for them as they're trying to get their minds right, which is really their issue. And for Tampa Bay, uh, they do have the Nick Truesdale issue. They have Martez Ivy also, who's been limited. The, the, Big tackle for them. They're hoping to have a healthy for this game. They're going to need him for sure, especially when you're talking about Anthony Johnson out there trying to run after run after Taylor Cornelius. I think this is a good matchup. And I think this might end up be I oh, should I do this to this game? I did this the first two weeks. The sneaky best game of the weekend. I'm maybe I'm calling it. I can't wait. I think Tampa is really gonna bring it. I got him 29 26, lock it in again. Upset of the week. Anything left on this one? You
2: don't think you don't think Cardell Jones is gonna have the game he
1: had in LA though, right? No, no, definitely not. No, no way. I don't think he'll have that the re- if he has that again the rest of the season, oh man. He needs to go like meditate, reassess some things, because that was bad. That was really bad. Wow. That was the first was loss over, ever as a starter. Maybe I mean, over, if you're gonna
2: have a loss ever. As a starter, that's the kind of lot you're going to want to have, I guess.
1: <laughs> Over, Overconfident, maybe, against that L.A. team. <laughs> but there it is, our picks for week number four. And uh, let us, of course, hear your picks at XFL show. And uh, we'd like to lock those in as well. We love hearing you uh, with your opinions and thoughts on these games going into them. I love people telling me I'm so dumb for one opinion or another going into a game and then the good, what you'll learn, Brian, as we talk about these games, because I know you're saying you're used to covering a league that doesn't exist, and now yep. the games are happening. If if you make a bold prediction and it doesn't happen, you just don't talk about it or mention it the next show. That's all. We'll do. <laughs> that's my plan. Unless they call you out on it.
2: <laughs> well, that's what Vince does, but he's not on this show this week to, to do that to me. Oh man, but it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of great games, Alan. You're going to be in New York uh, live. For that game, don't forget our mini studs are going to happen every single uh, time after a game. Uh, we record those really right after the game. They kind of interrupt, I'm kind of bummed that we record them after the game because we kind of bleed into the next game. Yeah. Either way, make sure you're listening.
1: You okay there, Alan? You okay? No, I'm yeah, I was. That I, I was. You. You're, you're thrown off video, is hard. You said we we're adding the video element with our cameras now so people can see our faces and that we are actually excited for this football this weekend. <laughs> I'm doing things with my hands people. You see this? If you're listening to the podcast, you don't see it. I'm uh. Oh man. Wait, us till on get, all media wait till I get Wait till I find things to throw at this camera, Brian. This season's going to be rowdy. Oh, if people saw your setup, you
2: don't want to throw anything at that thing. All right, everyone, follow us on all social media platforms at XFL Show. Subscribe and listen to us every single Tuesday morning and Thursday night on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. Or your preferred podcast app. Tell your friends about us. Uh, especially if this is your first time. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. Uh, you can also catch us on XFL.com. Or on YouTube.com slash XFL. The official YouTube page of the
1: XFL. And now, bonus, you get to see us, Alan. Which is a lot of fun. At least a little bit. Until someone tells us to stop doing it. And then we might. <laughs> we'll see. But it's. I'm having fun with this. This is a cool added element to the podcast. One... Uh, It's just We're just going to add more bells and whistles, more fun, more of you. I mean, these calls we're getting in during the season are fire. Love picking out. It's hard to pick out the best voicemails. I wish we could play them all, but keep calling in, 724-565-4XFL. Absolutely love that. And, of course, more awesome interviews to come throughout the season. And uh, when we recap this weekend, we'll be talking to the coach. At the end of this week, we'll get his thoughts on week four. That will be coming up Tuesday morning. And of course, thank you to Oliver Luck so much. Thank you to the Commissioner Oliver Luck, and of course, Flynn Nagel of the Dallas Renegades and everyone there. Uh, even with their Twitter team Bryant, who now you have a a a rivalry with with that you you've all of a sudden gone into for some reason. I don't know why you pick a fight with them. They're very good at you're doing,
2: doing this. You're 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 jabbing.
1: You're you're poking. Cool. Dallas Renegades. And, of course, the Houston Roughnecks and James Butler for hooking it up with that awesome interview. We're ready for the Texas Throwdown, baby. That game is, of course, Sunday. Don't forget. Really, watch all the games twice. But if you're going to watch a game three or four times, I'd probably say Texas Throwdown. And that is Sunday, 4 p.m. on FS1. And we will be back to discuss all those games, like Brian said, after each and every single one ends. And, of course, The Big Show, Tuesday mornings and late, late Thursday nights. Thanks to everybody for watching on YouTube, XFL's YouTube channel, XFL.com, and, of course, all your favorite podcast apps. Bryant, let's get out of here. Let's enjoy week four. I got to get on the road to New York to watch those L.A. Wildcats roar against the Guardians. And we'll be back to recap week four. Enjoy it, everybody. For Bryant, I'm Allen. This is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.